I don't like watching anime all in one day. Like that's how I like. That's how I watch. Uh, here's our transition. That's how I watch Kyoso Giga, and I think it yeah. suffered. My experience suffered as a result of it, where I don't really remember a lot that happened in Kyoso Giga. Consequently, uh, it's I I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, but I just do not remember much of what happens in it anymore. Uh, see, I feel For some like my... things I like that. I like it because it's like you feel like you really just watch a character grow in a short of amount of time. It's like you've really been there for them, you know. It you've depends, seen yeah. it all. It depends yeah. on the show. Like sometimes yeah, I like watching it all one day. Sometimes it feels like it's better just consumed to let it, you know, daily or yeah. weekly yeah. or whatever. Um, I do feel like Kyoso Giga for me kind of suffered because I went and watched the ONA and OVA okay. before the TV series aired, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in preparation for it. And so when the TV series is basically just like expanding on all that. So like the first episode was basically just the ONA or okay. the, oh, sorry, the OVA again. Yeah. And then the first, was it three or four episodes or so were just like the, o, uh, the ONAs that aired after the OVA mm-hmm. uh, just expanded on. I was like, Oh, like it's kind of, it, it cheap. It like it, it, kind of soured the experience a little bit for me um i still liked it but it was just like i was like i, I wish i just hadn't watched the stuff beforehand because i would have liked the show a lot more i think if this was all just new yeah i did not watch like the ona or ova so yeah i i was expecting like you had to have watched the stuff before to be able to pre- like like this stuff because it hadn't aired yet so no one knew what it was was hmm. uh and then like it was just like a remake and like well, a re-airing of the OVA and then, like, expanding mm. on the other ONA series. It does have, like, all original stuff in those episodes and in, uh, you know, the last half of the show or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, it just kind of soured it, like, that first bit where I was like, oh. Rie Matsumoto yeah, is, a, is, a, is a very good director, and I would like to see her do yeah. more TV series. Oh, well, she was supposed to do that movie, but the Kadokawa producer, like, got scared or whatever. Yeah. I think that's the story. Um, so I had watched Kyoso Giga because I really, like, I watched the first episode of Kekai Sensen back when it came out, and I thought it was, like, the greatest thing I had ever seen in my life. I, I thought it was, like, I watched it, like, ten times that right. week or something. Yeah. Uh, so I absolutely loved that show, and so I was like, yeah, I, I knew that it was a big, Kyoso Giga was a big deal even before that had come out, because people were announcing Kekai Sensen being like, Trigun and Kyoso Giga. Uh-huh. Um, sort of thing. Um, so I, I'd watched it, but I, I also kind of, I remember seeing the, the ONA first. And then, yeah, when I watched the TV show, I did feel a little underwhelmed. And the other thing was, um, it's weird because for what it seems like to me, the common opinion seems to be that Kekai Sensen is like disappointing compared to Kyoso Giga. Huh. But honestly, I like Kekai Sensen like significantly more than Kyoso Giga. Like, hmm. Kyoso Giga's good. It's not bad. You know, it's very well made. You know, Koto's cute. Uh, you know, I liked the the scientist, too. She was really good. What, All the characters Koto? are really likable, I'd say. Yeah, and and there's, like, they're really quirky. Like, the world is interesting. Yeah, uh, it's a very, it's, it's a really just fun time, really. I would say the world of Kyoso Giga was more inspired than Kikai Sensen's. It's like, it's like... As just like a base con, like when you're looking at it, you're yeah. like, oh, "This is much more fun to look at than Kikai Sensen." Uh, like as well, like I an episode. With that I love really? looking at my own city. So well, oh, 
Well, ultimately, like, you know, Kyosuke goes about family, and that's what's so powerful yeah. about it. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, but I will say Kekai Sensen, like, had better episode direction, I think. Hmm. Like, there were episodes that, like, the uh, the boxing and, like, the chess episode, like, those episodes stand out more as, like, in- individual episodes to me okay. than, like, any individual episode of a Kyoso Giga, necessarily. The the chess episode of Kekai Sensen, they were literally playing 4D chess. Literally playing yeah. chess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, uh, Kyoso Giga, I would like to watch it again because, uh, obviously, like, I was really, uh, I don't know... I hope Scent's doing all right, but there's a channel, Scent Anime Stuff, that I used to, uh, we used to all do a podcast together, myself, Joe from Pause and Select, Scent Anime Stuff, and a few other folks, uh, hmm. and Kyoso Giga was his favorite anime, and he wanted to be the king of Kyoso Giga content on YouTube, <laughs> so he would make, he made, like, a bunch of Kyoso Giga videos, one of which was just a flat-out synopsis of the entire show. <laughs> I might have seen so, like, one of those videos. So, like, since, like, love of Kyoso Giga made me feel like, oh, man, you know, I kind of want to get more into Kyoso Giga. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of rubbed off on me, but I never got, I never rewatched the show, so I haven't seen it in, like, since 2015, I think, is when I watched it. So I'd love, I'd love to watch it again, honestly. Mm. What's funny is, like, Kyoso Giga aired, like, the show it kind of reminded me of was a show that was airing alongside uh, Yozakura Quartet. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like the girl, like uh, Koto and um, what is the main girl in Yozakura? Um, Hime? Yeah. Um, like how they had like the big weapon and then like the. Yeah, like, I can definitely see the resemblance. That. And the they Sakuga. Kinda, yeah, the soccer. Fucking uh, Yozakura Quartet, like, is kind of fucking underrated. Like, everyone talks about Kyosa Giga as like an underrated show, but no one ever talks about Yozakura Quartet. Yeah, this is the first like, time I'm hearing of it. So, the animation yeah. of it is, is so fucking good, like consistently. Um, because I mean, it's it's made by like, the WebGen guys, right? Yeah, it's 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 basically Yochimo, and then like all of his WebGen friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, as like a concept, it's kind of you know not anything special or spectacular. You know, it's just like a city, and you got a class president who's like a guardian kind of hurt whatever. Well, she's and, she's the mayor. Yeah, she's the mayor. It's fine as like a con, but like just it it was kind of just fun. Like, there's like the whole like the I showed uh who I was showing somebody the other day a clip from it, um where it's like the ogre girl. Like saving the two kids from the car, and she's <laughs> and she fucking just cracks their necks. <laughs> it was like such a fucking jarring experience, like the first time, because she's like saving them, and it's like <laughs> and just blood goes out their mouth. Yeah, that's a good scene. That was fucking awesome. I was I like, what like the, the fuck? scene where they play Just Dance. Yeah, they do play. Uh, they do play a dancing game, like a rhythm game, or whatever. There's I so think much... it's supposed to be just dance for Wii. There's so much just like fun shit in that show. Um, and then, then like the fights end up being like really fucking cool. Like the powers where like that one girl can just like spawn whatever the fuck and like just like bites her tongue and shit because she's like talking so fucking fast and like shit's just like flying everywhere. God, that was such a fun show. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I watched the old one first. Um, 
And the reason oh, yeah. I did that, the reason I did that was because uh, there was a little chart that was going around of like the Yozakora Quartet watch order, where it was like skip the 2008 show, and I was like, you can't tell me what to do, so I watched <laughs> all of it. Uh, and I, I like the 2008 show, um, fine enough. I think it's just like there's there's stuff about the 2008 show, like in terms of the story. Uh, with dynamics that you don't really get in the in the Hana no Uta show, but the Hana mm. no Uta show it just it has such like sheer production to it yeah. that like the the 2008 one can't match because that one's directed by uh Ko Matsuo who uh you know did Red Garden did uh Kudanai um and then went on to do Valve Rave in 2013 um but you don't really see like his style of like directing much in Yozakura Quartet, it feels kind of the production feels more like kind of, to me, an average 2008 anime. Mm, um, yeah. But it was still kind of an interesting experience to see kind of like a different interpretation of the story. But I do think that Hananota like is definitely a very high quality. Uh, and that can't be denied, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, production-wise for sure. Another like fun show that season was fucking Samurai Flamenco. Oh, uh, Samurai Christ. Flamenco is awesome. Like that Ooh, was you hate like, it, don't you? <laughs> I don't hate it. I I just don't appreciate a lot about it. Mm. You haven't you described uh, it as like kick ass but insane? So okay, it starts off and you start like when it first starts, you think it's gonna be like kick ass because right. it's like. You know, it's just some actor pretty boy who's like a chuni and wants to be a tokusatsu hero. And so he goes out and just buys like shoulder pads and, you know, right. like a helmet and shit and like goes out to like stop crime. But he doesn't have any kind of training. So he's just like getting his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, it, just it is. Rider. Yeah, it, it is basically just kick ass. And then like he kind of goes to like a training arc. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, he's going to have to, like, fight with, like, being a normal person. Should be interesting. you be able to have, like, the ups and downs. And then there's a, a very particular episode where, you know, it kind of goes along like this for, like, eight episodes, I think. And then, like, toward the end of the eighth episode, they just, I would say they jumped the shark, but it's more like they jumped the gorilla. They jumped the <laughs> monkey. What? Chomping chimpanzee. Guillotine gorilla. Slicing simian. What's his name again? Yeah, it's guillotine gorilla. What? Uh, uh, ostracizing orangutan? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> uh, Do you have like so, a thesaurus out right now? Okay, sp- uh, I guess minor spoilers for like halfway through Samurai Flamenco. Um, at the, like at that, uh, it kind of builds up this, you know, kind of grounded kick ass kind of series. And then, like, this creature called Guillotine Gorilla, like, appears at the police station and just starts decapitating police officers with, like, a guillotine in his chest. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he was just fighting some dudes on the street. Like, what? what is this? <laughs> like, this is a normal show. That makes sense. Yeah. It, I don't really agree with that perception, though. I don't think it was I don't think it was normal up to that point cuz people who say that forget that Flamenco girl gets introduced earlier and her big introduction is she crashes a van through a wall. 
and then starts like tasing people and like beating the crap out I mean, of them. I mean, yeah, that's and, like, a little bit like ways. that's a little it, bit it at the edge. To it. But it's not it, like it's not a fucking like giant space monkey with a, gu- a guillotine in his chest. No, like I, I think it, I think it builds up to it more than people say it does. Like, I mean, that's fair. Like it's one of those things where if I if you were expecting it more or you weren't expecting something different, it might not bother you as much. So like a lot, I imagine a lot of people that might go watch it based on that description of me saying a fucking guillotine gorilla comes and <laughs> like starts killing people probably won't feel the same way as like people who watched it as it was airing did considering like we were watching it week to week like god damn this is gonna be cool yeah. it's gonna be like kick ass and then like it turned into something else um but yeah i don't i mean i don't hate the show it's not like a terror it's also uh man globe i know you i know you recommended it to me being like yeah you'd probably really like this i still have not seen it so yeah, yeah i think i think as a show like the way Mumi describes things in this podcast is actually very valuable, in my opinion. Because, like, um, to me, it's, like, because, like, you watched a lot of this stuff as it was airing or close to it, um, I feel like there's very different expectations compared to, like, how I watched it, right? Yeah. Because, like, by the time I watched it, I never had heard the end of freaking Guillotine Gorilla. It's, like, it was already everywhere because I had seen it, like, years after the fact. Yeah. So for me, um, when I watch it, I just I'm already kind of going in with um, the knowledge of guillotine. Yeah, Girl. specific understandings. So it's very easy for me to look at and be like, yeah, but Flamenco Girl is also like pretty wacky, uh, definitely more so than just the initial few episodes of the show. But I'm also kind of looking for those details because I already know, right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I was saying. Like th- that kind of thing is like, yeah, when you look back. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, but in the moment, it just kind of feels like the stretching of, like, that concept. You're like, okay, she's just, like, a, she's almost like a hit girl or whatever, right? Like, hit girl yeah. was a bit like that, where it was a bit over the top, but it was still within that kind of constraint of kick-ass. I, I've never I've never seen kick-butt, so I'll, I'll take your word for it, but... Um, I guess, speaking of kick-butt... Oh, oh, yeah, by the way, there's the scene in Samurai Flamenco that I really like of uh, Madi, who's a flamenco girl. She just takes the flowers from the vase and she just stuffs them in her mouth. <laughs> I fucking forgot that shit. It's <laughs> so fucking stupid. Uh, uh, and it's it's such a wonderful screen cap. I, I love posting it. It's great. Uh, uh, yeah, you speaking of kick butt, uh, let's talk about Suck butt, Gale Donuts sucks fucking oh. ass. <laughs> oh, that fuck? show is is really fun to talk about. What show? All right, so like it's interesting, right? Because you have, um, wait, I'll, I'll have you start out because you segued it. So, I mean, you, oh, you, you you can go. That's fine. Oh, okay. Um, so like Gale Don is interesting, right? Because you have Umetsu, right? Who's this acclaimed animator? You know, Kite Mezzoforte, the Less acclaimed, you know, Mezzo DSA and uh, Kite Liberator. And he comes back for original anime, Noitamina, Time Slot, Anaplex, big deal. Only one problem. He wrote the show as a, as a two-core series, and now he has to trim it down. And Oh, no. <laughs> and the thing is, it starts out really interesting because it's a group of sisters. It's three sisters. 
um, and they're all hunting for treasure. And it's a beautiful looking show. The characters look great. Um, I really love the designs and like the outfits. Um, I, I really love like the setting of it looks really good. Um, and the uh, initial writer of those episodes is, is uh, Hideyuki Kurata, who also did a similar thing with like a group of sisters going on an adventure with uh, Reader Die the TV back uh, 10 years prior okay. in fall 2003 season. Yeah. Um, so you think if I thought at first it was kind of going in that direction, but because it's so truncated, it's not even that it's truncated. It's just, it's just constantly like, like people think Samurai Flamenco is the wacky one. I honestly thought Galilei Donna was even wackier. Because, well, it's like, like all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like some episodes, it'll just be like, like she fault like the main girl, uh, Hazuki is her name. Yeah, Hozuki. It's it's Hazuki, Kazuki, and Hozuki. Uh, Hozuki is the little one, and then Hazuki is the oldest, and Kazuki and is Kazuki. The middle. Yeah, I know Kazuki is the the middle child, and and it's a shame because I I like all those characters, but like, um, it's it's like you'll have stuff. Oh yeah, there is the scene where Kazuki is talking to that like old guy, that guy who like doesn't bathe, and there's a scene of her just like making this face where it's like, uh, he smells really bad. I, I like that face. Um, yeah, Hosuki like, is really cute in the show. Yeah, yeah, but like the main girl, she like falls from like a like a cliff or something, and she like gets sick from it. Like she doesn't injure herself; she just like gets ill. <laughs> I think I recall. I'm like, what? Um, and there's just constant weird twists, but it culminates in this epic finale where Umetsu manages to transition from Galilee Donna to the season, the show he's directing in the winter 2014 season, Wizard Barristers, because um, uh, Kazuki, um, the big thing is she's the oldest sister and she's studying to become a lawyer. So they have to actually go to court and, you know, defend themselves in court. <laughs> and they get to use Hazuki's uh, uh, lawyer um, skills. But the thing is, there's like this old guy and then the old guy is revealed to be like that other, like the hat dude in disguise. He was just like wearing like a mask or something. It's just like unbelievably insane. Like it just, it's so all over the place. But, you know, it was a good transition into Wizard Barristers the next season, which was about, you know, lawyers, uh, magical lawyers that like stop people. Yeah, he did not have a good run. <laughs> no, <laughs> Wizard Barristers done. got whacked out too. Oh, God. With that, like, episode 12 being unfinished, which props to Umetsu. He, like, delayed the Blu-rays for Wizard Barristers to make sure, like, episode 12 looked extra nice, but... It's kind of too late at that point. I think... Uh, honestly, I kind of preferred the TV broadcast just because it was kind of funnier. Uh, and I thought the story of Wizard Barristers was kind of boring, so... Yeah. It was, it was like, a clusterfuck, it. but it wasn't, like... I'll, it could be fun, but it was like kind of just more just bad. Yeah, Galilei Donna was just a ride. That was a wild ride. I I actually think that was almost as wild as Sh Samurai Flamenco. Less so because it it was shorter, but Samurai Flamenco, just... Valrave, and Galilei Donna. What a fucking Wait, wild like, ride that smokes. was! <laughs> All in one fucking season. <laughs> Alongside another, wacky, another wacky show to come out this season is Kill La Kill. Oh, yeah, Kill La Kill mode? was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, did it it's seem nothing compared to Kill a Kill, Kill, Kill is otherwise, you know, Kill a Kill has had like no like lasting impact, unlike whatever the fuck Donna you were just talking Galway about. Capellian. Capellian. Everyone remembers Capellian. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I don't know. Capellian, Everyone's talked I just about remember Kill seeing Kill. the DVDs about... at Best Buy and no one paying. All them. of these, all of these big four that are this season: Kill All Kill, Beyond the Boundary, Golden Time, Log Horizons. Those have been talked to death, basically. Oh no, this season is stacked. Like yeah, uh, Nagi no Asukata. Yeah. I need to go back and finish at some point. I uh, like that was one that everyone kind of liked to shit on. I did kind of enjoy it, but I'm also like kind of a sucker for just stupid like shit like Anahata and stuff. My main issue is is an issue I have with a lot of Mario Kata stuff, which is that it doesn't really build the melodrama. Instead, it's just kept at like a static level through the entire thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, in a way, that kind of makes it more tolerable for me, I guess, because if it went like too far, mm, it would get like grading to me. See, I, li- I like I like a bit more of an arc. something like uh, she, like like Toradora. I think there's more of like an arc there, which I guess that's where our opinions differ. Yeah, um, I don't like. Yeah, Toradora. I I generally like Okada Mari's work, um, and I I like stuff that's like draw melodrama stuff because you know I'm a I'm a bit of a sap, you know I like that kind of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. Um, with with Nagiyasu, I really liked the first half of it. Okay. But I then there's a time skip, and I just I could not get huh. into it like at all. I just lost interest. I plan on going back and finishing it at some point. Cause... I remember it it just being like there there's a part in the time skip where uh what's her name? I think it's Chisaki. She hmm. um tries on her old uniform that she doesn't fit into anymore. And it's just this really cringy scene because <laughs> she like gets caught <laughs> trying on her old uniform. I know it's well, like the intentions of the scene, right, is to show kind of like because the fish people, when they hibernate, right, they don't um, they don't grow up. Right. Their aging stops when they hibernate. Right. If yeah. I recall correctly. Right. And so she does not hibernate. So she is grown. Um, so that scene kind of conveys that. I just thought it was a really cringy scene. Well, it's 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 supposed to be conveying like her feelings of like, because um, she had a crush on Hikari, um, and she it's kind of like her kind of, it's it's a manifestation of her dilemma of like, oh, will he like, be able to recognize me, as like, you know, have I changed so much that like he, it's gonna be like weirded out by me kind of thing, and so she's trying to like, yeah. she's putting the more it's more to like get the visual. Of like how much she actually is, like she was trying to say, like if she kind of could still look the same, not necessarily like she was gonna like wear her old outfit. This is like her kind of, you know. Again, like people do that. Yeah, Um, well, that's it's it's. I thought it was kind of like an element of like sentimentality as well, right? Right. Um. Uh. But yeah, I don't know. I just really didn't care for that second half for some reason. Uh, That's fair. Because like that wasn't the only scene I found cringy. Like, there were scenes before that with, like, that guy who was essentially there just to get rejected. Oh, yeah, the fucking... The nice guy <laughs> or whatever. dude. Yeah, uh, the nice guy. Kaname? Yeah. He's just there to get rejected, pretty much, because... Like, I feel bad for him, because, like, he gets put into hibernation and, like, doesn't have anybody else <laughs> kind of thing. No. So, that, like, they wake up and he's just by himself. Maybe a little too close to home. Like he's had the crush on the Chisaki girl, but then like he doesn't have a family or anything, so he's just kind of like just this fourth wheel, fifth wheel kind of guy. 
Yeah, no. Oh, damn. Yeah, no. I, I, it, it, maybe, yeah, maybe it was like an origairu thing for me. I don't know. Either way, uh, for some reason, and it's weird because I, I know some people who say like, oh, you know, it's the time skip with Nagiyasu. For me, that really kind of puts it over the edge and makes it, you know, so good and so memorable. And I can't really argue with that because it's, it's kind of an interesting way to take it, um, mm. with that kind of story. Yeah. There's another drama show that came out this season that I would really like to get around to watching, uh, White Album 2, which I, is fairly beloved from what I understand. I really like uh, the director, uh, Masami Ando. Uh, yeah. He's done a lot I of stuff I like. I feel like it's stuff kind of I a like mixed bag for I people. Yeah, I don't... I Honestly, the only people I know who really seem to like it are visual novel people, and it seems like a and lot me? of the people I know think it's, like, terrible. Which is weird, because I've seen White Album 2 twice now, and I think it's a phenomenal series. No, I, was, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, I really like the series. Um, I think like a lot of people just don't like the concept of like the ending not being like the people they want to get together getting together. And, oh, like, yeah. Just... Uh, I think just a lot of people, too, have like, I don't know, it seems like to me, um, a lot of folks just don't seem to like these kinds of romance stories in general. Because, yeah. like, I, I think, I think too, like, the male leads of these shows tend to kind of take the take a lot of the heat. But I don't know. I I really liked all the all the characters, and I I liked kind of the friendship they built. You know, creating art together and seeing how this these feelings they had were kind of tearing them all apart in a sense. Mm. I liked I like stories like that. Um. um yeah, I really and like Maruto, the the writer of it, went on to do um, Saikano, which was also kind of a similar thing of um, mm. sort of this group of friends creating art together and then kind of being torn apart um, by it. And but that was more so to do with like um, them being kind of in over their heads and you know issues with leadership and communication. Mm. Um, but that was that was played in a bit more like it had a lot of drama, uh, Saikano, but it was definitely played a lot more comedic, whereas like White Album 2 is just like it doesn't mess around. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's White a very different approach. Not related to White Album 1 at all, is it? Uh, White Album 1, it takes place like, I don't know, 20 years after because White Album 1's in the 80s okay. and it focuses on the singer um, that sings uh, Sound of Destiny, which they perform as well as White Album. Which they they perform in the show for the school festival. Okay, uh, they White place Album the same One school, but like, yeah, not White really Album One is also like insanely well directed too. Hmm. Yeah, I really yeah wait, I really like the director for White Album. Wait, too. Mumi, what were you saying about White Album One? Sorry. Oh, I was just saying I th I think they take place in the same school, but I think that's really like the only connection really. Okay. Like they're they not. Might. Yeah. They're not like direct sequels or anything yeah i i did watch all of white album one and i wasn't as I, like the characters didn't quite catch my attention the same way two did but it is white album one also looks like insanely good um let's see what else do we got this season all the other great shit uh you other... got fucking gundam build well, fighters i didn't watch gundam build fighters did yeah i know watch... that's that's another one canapa really likes what I'm told Gundam Build Fighters is is a cash grab with soul. A soulful cash grab? A soulful cash grab. Not a soulless cash soul. grab, a soulful cash grab. Soulful the only thing I know about Gundam Build Fighters is the MILF. <laughs> uh, 
literally it. But there's no, a MILF. Copelian. Copelian is basically just like a fucking backgrounds wallpaper anime. Like <laughs> whoever worked on the backgrounds need a raise. Um, what studio is Everything this? like even the characters did not mesh well with the backgrounds. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cuz like, studio you know, go hands. Okay. And you know all those. Capellian was kind of a shit show. A sh- I feel like, like I, I feel like it, like everything else from Go Hands is just going to make me nauseous if I watch it. Uh Princess Lover probably wouldn't make you nauseous. Uh, hold on. Just imagine uh anime stalker but with schoolgirls oh, interesting. Instead, of, instead of Russians, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, like so wait, this said, is the a, only this thing is a... I remember is it was in Best Buy a lot back when the when the DVD released here. So this manga is pre 311, but it's about a nuclear uh, meltdown, nuclear plant meltdown. Interesting. So what you're saying is they predicted it. They predicted 311, yes. Oh, damn. No one talks about this. Why doesn't anyone talk about how Capellian predicted 311? Why doesn't anyone talk about We have to hear about how the Simpsons and Jay Sex all predicted 911. We don't hear Uh, about Capellian predicting 311. What else? Uh, I guess uh, as far as like anime of the season for me is probably Nanambiori. Really? Not Kill a Kill? Not Kill a Kill. That's a surprising take. What? My anime of the season and probably my anime of the year for 2013 would have been Kill a Kill. And as far as TV series goes, it is. But a couple of weeks ago, we watched this uh, short film that aired uh, in the fall season, uh, Shashinkan. Oh, I watched that today so that I could talk about it on here. I It is one of the best things I've ever seen. I'm surprised y'all hadn't seen it before that. Like It recently. is. Yeah, it's really good. Because uh, uh, I don't like watching shorts. Because when every time I do, people accuse me of bloating my list. Bloating my so I don't like watching shorts. <laughs> I only do that when people watch like a shit ton of music videos all at once, and they like add like fifty. And you're just like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. You don't need no, to watch fifty music videos like in a row. Come on. I, or at least I, I like also a, quite like liked it. It was like project. wacky photographer guy. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, 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 I really like it. I could talk for quite a while about it, but I would like to jot my thoughts down, which I didn't because I didn't know it aired in 2013. <laughs> I I watched it because of Studio Colorido. Yeah. And I and it's, just yeah. went on a binge of like yeah. all their shit, essentially, at one point. Uh, it I looks really also, nice. Um, so, Takeshi Nakamura, who did a Tree of Palm, Fantastic Children, Harmony. Yeah. Yeah. Catnapped. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Colorido, I think Hinata was it was this I don't, I don't want to say the Japanese name. Rain in the Sunshine, I think that was also 2013. It's another Colorido. Uh, let me see here. What's it called? Rain in the Sunshine? Uh, uh Hinata no Aoshigure. Uh yeah, 2013, yeah. Uh that looked pretty good, like nice. Um okay. I think a lot of the uh, problem I have with Ishida's works in general is just they're kind of too short mm. up until um, Penguin Highway. Penguin Highway, another uh, uh, Tomihiko Morimi adaptation. I need to like watch. Like Raintown and um, Paulette's Chair, like bangers. Like, okay. They work uh, for that concept. Um, but then, like, Paul, Hinata, Paulette's Chair is, is peak. You know, it's the Noi Tamina intro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also 2014, so we can't acknowledge it exists. Back <laughs> to marijuana. Um, but, That's what the Noitamina uh, 
intro is it's back to marijuana but reversed what i'm pretty sure yeah. it's just saying animation back i think it's just animation no, no, no. so like the noi tomina block uh back when like shows would stream on like uh crunchyroll or whatever yeah. like for ping pong or for like all those when they aired on that block they would be they would have the intro well, ping pong right. was Funimation, but they'd have the intro, right? And the intro was just this guy speaking backwards. Yeah. But um, if you actually reverse it, he's saying, back to marijuana. There's a video you can Are find. Are you sure he's them. just not saying? This might be like hearing like like de- like the devil's message in like Led Zeppelin albums. No, no, yeah. no. He's, he's saying back to marijuana. That's definitely what he's saying. All right, so it's uh, it's sciatic here in post, and I decided to just check this real quick because I was curious. So here's the Noitamina intro just played normally. All right, and it doesn't really sound like anything's being said, but here's the audio in reverse. Back to marijuana. So, uh, yeah, what the fuck? Uh, Roger was right, I guess. Uh, back to the show. Turn me on, dead man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Shishinkan is yeah just a really great short film. Uh, they did like a lot of they did a lot of shit in twenty thirteen. They did that. Yeah, yeah it uh, touches it touches the soul. Touches the soul. And I also I just like the I just like the idea of like photography literally capturing a a specific moment in time, and then sort of being able to reflect on that as time passes is very interesting. Yeah. I also want to know how old that photo- photographer guy is, because he must have been yeah. pretty old. <laughs> he must be uh, like pretty young, I should say, when he started out. I guess, yeah. Um, well, speaking of like shorts that were really good from that season, uh, Golden Time. Gold uh, was Golden Time. Uh, that, we're, golden not time about, from, uh... we're not talking about. We're not talking about the Toradora. Uh, the the yeah. thing from the author of Toradora. I think we're actually talking... that Golden Time came first, right? Because it was based off a based off a light novel, right? Yeah. Yes, I mean, but the other Golden Time is just an original. So yeah, it's just an original short film. Um, I don't know which was conceived first. Um, almost Maybe certainly that light. Of... Almost certainly the light novel. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Golden Time, uh, the short film, is also really great. I I also I just have like an affinity for things about like inanimate objects. So I don't even know that was available though, like back when it aired. I don't oh, know when that actually almost, got put up online. I'd be very surprised if it was. A lot of these well a lot of these uh especially stuff like this, these more like art house films are not made available un- uh online until much, much later because they do all these like screenings at festivals and stuff and then once that has died down a few years later, then it'll be put up online. People will rip it and then upload it, you know, around the internet. Oh, fuck. I gotta swap the fucking tape over. Hold on. One fucking second. Alright. There we go. Did any of y'all watch Majoko Shimai no... Uh, Yo-Yo Tonene. Oh, we're just getting into it? I have no idea what... Yeah, he has. Yeah, I've watched it. I I remember I watched it because it was UFO Table. I was like, oh, this is going to look really good. I'm really looking forward to this magical girl witch-esque anime with UFO Table. Yeah. And I don't remember any of it. Oh, man. (laughs) I thought it was really good, but, you know, everybody I talk to now thinks it's bad. And I'm like, what? I didn't think it was, like, terrible, but it was just kind of like... 
whatever i guess i thought it was cool it's like it's it's not like new ufo table you know uh, post car no kyokai style it's like old like uh futakoi alternative uh dokoida shinobuden um manabi, manabi straight uh it's that style of ufo table where it's like yeah. very energetic i believe the director of this uh also was one of the directors for manabi straight i know that show doesn't really have a consistent uh director um, but he was one of the main creative voices on it, and I believe on Futakoi Alternative as well. I know he did uh, Pompo, which uh, had come out the other year as well. So, yeah, Pompo oh, was yeah, pretty yeah. good. Pompo's good. So this Pompo had wasn't, uh... this had a lot of that energy. I thought it was really enjoyable. Um, Pompo wasn't UFO Table, was it? No, it wasn't. No, I don't think he I, works I at think... UFO Table anymore. But. I think he might have always been freelance, to be honest. We didn't, did we, didn't, we didn't really talk about Patemba before. I think you just said that it looked like the Rega Boys. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because I, I saw the movie. Because <laughs> I saw the movie when it came out in theaters, right? Um, and when I did, uh -huh. I saw it with my sister, and we got like a poster. Um, and the poster was the same one on the cover of the movie, more or less. It was the same character layout. The. The image itself was a little different, but you flip the poster mm -hmm. over the other way, and that's what it looks like. So I'm like, what the heck? It's a good movie. It's kind of kind of weird. And I don't know. Some things probably aren't really fleshed out like as well as they should be. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Is someone breaking into your house? Right? What the fuck are they? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate this book. Don't mess with this doggo. That's the that's the title of one of the retro uh, retro crush uh, clickbait videos on a uh, Fuse. Oh, if I fucking retro, I, I have such mixed feelings when it comes to retro crush's YouTube. Channel. Oh, I love retro crush's YouTube channel. It's... The Kyoso Giga one. If we're talking about 2013, the retro crush did the Kyoso Giga clickbait. It's not up anymore, but it was like super powered tsundere or something. Six reasons why Kaiba is the most what the fuck anime ever. Using the toilet in front of your girlfriend is true love. <laughs> when you wake up hungover with a hole in your chest, Jesus. he can't handle his first period in his new female body. How are you selling this show? Oh, wait, what what, what's that one where it's like Joe unleashes his inner one punch man? And defeats the enemy with one punch or something. I think that's for oh. the Ashita no Joe movie. Hold on. There's one for like retro uh for Jinro. Oh, they had one for Jinro that just spoiled the ending of the movie. <laughs> but uh the one I was referring to, Don't Mess with This Doggo, that was not the original title of that Fusei one. Uh it was originally like um <laughs> It was originally like Girl Gets Impregnated by Dog. <laughs> What? What? But they changed it to "Don't mess with this doggo." <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my god! Oh, what were we talking? About? We were talking about Patema Inverted. Yeah, but Patema Inverted was kind of weird because, like, I remember like when it was coming out, it kind of getting a little bit of buzz behind it, and people kind of like trying to get behind it. I don't know. It's kind of it kind of almost felt like uh, Kimi no Nawa in a way, like online. Mm. Where people were like, kind of push like, oh, it's a love story about people who are, <laughs> are upside down. People who are upside well, no, down. No, oh. one of them is upside down and the other is 
upside down because they're from their perspective there but the twist is the other one was actually yeah. upside down the whole time whole world got turned I'll, upside down it's also made by uh, purple cow studio japan <laughs> purple that, cow studio japan is that the name of the studio yeah uh one of them uh which is interesting because there was a purple cow restaurant that was by, like that used to be by me. Why does it specify that, Japan? Is is there, is there like a non-Japanese counterpart to this studio? Yeah, it was the purple cow restaurant that used to be down in the south. You can't be that, fucking serious. Yeah. Wait, Mumi. Now that I think it about it, now. you're in you're in Texas, right? You could go visit the yes. Sakuracon sushi place in the Sakuracon 2009 commercial. Oh god! Have you, have you been there, Mumi? I feel like you have. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. You could have. You could have been in that. You're old enough to have been in that that uh, original video. I could have, but I wasn't in anime in 2009. Well, it was filmed in 2008. I was also not in anime. I was. <laughs> I stopped being in anime from like 2006. Uh, did to 2011. Oh, jeez, man! I took like a five year break. Damn, you really, you really missed out. You could have been in. One of the most hilariously cringe videos of all time. But but you liked manga Thank at God. the time, so you could have been could have been the one going and manga. <laughs> what what? Because yeah. you were reading Naruto, right? I, I watched the shades. That doesn't mean I liked manga. You you liked it enough to continue reading it is all I'm saying. See, we talked about this. That was just a sunk cost fallacy. We really have nothing to say about Potemma Inverted, do we? <laughs> there was actually a deleted scene in the Sakura-Con commercial where they where there was supposed to be someone, I guess, like... I don't know if they were dressed up or something, but they were supposed to go Final Fantasy uh, after gaming. But, uh, yeah, it, I guess it was never included. I saw it in the behind-the-scenes, you know, when they're, they're directing the scene together. But uh, if you go to that uh, sushi place... It was interesting. So Sakura-Khan is not in Texas, but the commercial was filmed in Texas. Uh, Why? Because uh, it was filmed before, like months ahead of time before the con was going on. And the people, people working on it were all from Texas. So Okay, that makes sense. But um, the, the interesting thing about it is I, I found what the restaurant was, and I found the Yelp of it. And well, what's the Yelp? Uh, I forget what it's called. Um... I posted it in Justice. If you search through it again, you can find me talk about it at some point. I'll put it up. I'll put it up there in the corner for anyone. Well, see, the problem is you left Justice, so I can't actually search. Well, no, you, you can't. You just copy his. You just copy his name and like type from. The That's too complicated. No, you could even you just search <laughs> SakuraCon because I don't really mention. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I. If you look at the Yelp for that, you'll notice that. Uh, the they remodeled the place so you wouldn't really recognize it because it doesn't look uh. like it used to look. But I'm sure if you went there and you said Sakura Khan Ikimas, I'm sure someone would know. You'd, I mean, you'd be asked to leave. We asked them politely yet firmly to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's why Potama Inverted is actually a good movie. <laughs> uh, I think, I think of... we've con- I think we successfully convinced everybody of that. But yeah, I mean, I saw it. But I could, I don't like thinking about it because it reminds me of how much of a freaking nitpicking stooge I was back then. 
Oh, yeah, you could probably nitpick that movie. No, like I, I, shreds, I did but... nitpick it a lot. I still gave it a good score, though. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an all right movie. It's fine. Sorry. It's an it's an enjoy it's like like an yeah hour forty minutes. I remember the villain being kind of corny because it's like oh you're just scared of the of the other people and it's like I don't know that felt like a little. I'm not gonna lie, I still understand like why they were upside down. Uh, it's like, something does, I don't know how that works. It's like I don't know, man. I haven't seen the movie in eight years. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean, there was something never... like to do with a science experiment that, like, the group of people that were affected, like, reversed the gravitational thing. It was something. Or well, something. Then, well, because spoilers for the end of the movie when they decide to go all the way and they find out, oh, there's more. <laughs> they go, what a fucking cracked ending. That was a. F- yeah. Now that I think about it, wasn't that the Evnoji Khan guy, right? Pale Cocoon as well. Is it? Yes. Yeah, it was Pale Cocoon. Yeah. I have not that's, seen that's any of That's another reason why people were like hyping it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Time of Eve is a great movie. I didn't watch the movie. I watched the OVA. OVA. Oh, the. Yeah. Oh, wait. The, never yeah, mind. I've seen Noisy O&A. Birth. I've seen that video. Uh, that's the only other work for me. This didn't this come guy, out in 2013. Didn't, no, this. Yeah, this is. 2008 2009 yeah i remember i remember people hyping this shit up and being like oh yeah it's the time of eve guy it's gonna be great i guess that's a review for potema inverted Uh, go watch time of eve (laughs) unfortunately i didn't know what the heck any of those things were when i saw potema inverted (laughs) you just like the sumo slam you just thought you thought it was gonna be a wrestling movie no 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 (laughs) So, so what happens? But then it gets inverted. <laughs> no, so it's a reversal. I actually didn't know about the movie. My sister was just like, "Oh, there's a new anime movie. Want to go see it?" So I saw it. Oh, you, oh, you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I saw it in theaters when it released over here. Oh, okay. I mean, when you think about it, isn't that the kind of relationship everybody wants, where like the girl has to hold your hand or she'll fall to her death? Hey, doesn't that just handshakers, right? Where he like constantly has to hold her hand. Yeah, until he doesn't, but yes. Speaking of hands, did we talk about Capellian? I think so. Uh, I think we talked about the backgrounds. Didn't we talk about how did it we... like, was predicting uh, 311 or something? The manga didn't come out yet. Oh, yeah. Well, right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But we didn't talk about the, the high school delinquent girl that was infused with more eel electric eel shit. What? There was a, there was a, a delinquent girl... Who was fused with electric eel powers, and that was like her ability. Because they all—I mean, it's not just like schoolgirls going through the apocalypse. No, they gotta have like superpowers going through the apocalypse, and that's why they just walk around looking like schoolgirls because they're superpowered. Uh, I just thought that Whereas, it was like other like people drip. have to wear. Like, I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. I just filtered out everything you said. <laughs> yeah, I thought you. I thought like, it just dripped, like, you know? checked out. <laughs> Mid sentence. Um, you heard electric eel powers, or just being yeah, I was, like, I was, I, was no. like, I got hung up on that. I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? More eels are electric. Um, well, I, I, I sh- sh- yeah, yeah. Uh, is it bad that I thought you know there was a show in 2013 called the uh, Wakure Romance? Is it bad that I thought that that was like a prequel to Macross Delta or something? Why would you think that? Because they're called Wakure. See when when that actually aired, I remember seeing like the character designs and thinking like it looked similar to like Utena. 
Uh, oh, she just looks like a short-haired Utena with like the same kind of like outfit, like the school outfit or whatever. I mean, it looks pretty aesthetic. I kind of like that style. If I haven't seen it, I just thought, oh, is this like Macross Delta? Yeah, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> but no, it has nothing to do with Macross Delta. Uh, uh, we didn't talk. Okay, we didn't talk. Okay, we talked about Rebellion. Yeah, right? yes. you yeah, talked we talked about, about how you were like maniacally laughing in the theater. Oh, yeah, the uh, shot in Freud. Okay, I wasn't maniacally laughing. Okay? <laughs> Let's not mischaracterize me here. Uh, uh, I guess that's how telephone works. I feel like I feel like that characterization just paints me as like some kind of like Reddit neckbeard with a fedora <laughs> just sitting in the fucking theater, like just my fucking legs spread, like <laughs> crushing two people next to me with my arms crossed, <laughs> just laughing in the middle of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Just scarfing down popcorn. I think I think we ignored talking about Kill a Kill. The name you have. Anything but we can to talk about the last greatest fucking Ghibli movie ever created. Uh, Takahata's last work. Oh, I thought Takahata, you were talking the about it, the Wind Rises because I was like, yeah, we talked about the Wind Rises. Uh, yeah, Tale of Princess Kaguya. It is yeah. the most expensive Japanese movie ever made. Yeah, it's cost forty nine million dollars to make. But, uh, um, I can shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think mostly because they got a grant from some guy who worked at uh, NHK who was just like, here's $50 million. Go hog wild. It is interesting to see, like, the evolution of, like, Takahata's movies. Where mm. It goes from, like, Ponpoko to the, the Yamadas to Kaguya stylistically. Because, like, you do see a lot of, like, I guess what they would have learned on the Yamadas, yeah, kind of present in Kaguya. It, it definitely still has some of his like stylistic sensibilities that you see even like in his really early stuff, like Haganoan. Um, but yeah, it's much more. He was able to cut the melon a lot quicker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Princess Kaguya. I really like Princess Kaguya. Hmm. It's a good thing yeah, now. Put it's... it in the award-winning genre. Otherwise, I wouldn't know the movie was any good. Oh, is that a thing on my anime yes, list? Yes, it is. I will say that before this, maybe after it, I did watch. There's a hentai version of the Tale of Princess Kaguya. Oh, how does it stack up? Um, well, they don't fuck. They barely fuck in the movie, quote unquote movie. How's it like, a porn version if it's fucking? They don't even fuck. What the hell? So instead of like a bamboo shoot, it's just like. I don't know, well, like so because you know how like the like they, they're like like the three suitors in the movie, they basically like take turns running a train on her. Like like for like five minutes at the very end of this, how long it was this fucking thing? It's twenty seven minutes. It's oh, I thought so you were gonna boring. ask about it's not well Princess Kaguya the Ghibli movie. It's like two hours. You gave it a two. Yeah, it's pretty low score. It's pretty lo- it's pretty not good. It's pretty not not sexy at all. That's a shame. Maybe if Takahata directed it, it would have been better. Why would you? Why would you make this? Why would you make an erotic version of of the tale of Princess Kaguya? I mean, clearly they never saw like, you know, the was it the French live action parody of uh, Beauty and the Beast, where a uh, beast like fucks the door <laughs> or the clock or whatever the wall, whatever no, it was. That sounds like it goes hard as fuck. What the heck? Wait, have you never heard of this? No. no. The only French movie I know is the one where the guy fucks a pig. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty uh, infamous Are we just going to watch porn for the rest of this podcast? Yes. I'm just going to talk no. about 
<laughs> yeah, it's a pretty infamous one because like they like actually like did like special effects and shit. It's fucking bizarre. But it's like a porn parody. Right, from like the eighties. Oh. Or maybe the oh. maybe the nineties. You. Oh. Uh, so wait, it predates Disney's? Potentially. Disney was that was ninety no. three? Disney's was ninety one. Ninety one? Okay. I don't I I mean I'm not I can't claim to be an expert on porn, all right. I can't I can't <laughs> this is an anime. I can't just like recite to you <laughs> offhand what the fucking porn parody of oh. what, Beauty you didn't the take, Beast what, you released. didn't take notes for this? Well don't worry, we can just well, edit not we can edit it in post not, so that No, this yeah, is just, all staying in. Just have no just uh just edit like a fucking uh the AI just saying whatever it's supposed to be saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that a Pornhub link up in the top right. <laughs> that was a great movie. Um yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw Princess Kaguya, the the Ghibli movie, not the not the one Sai was referring to, not uh, the hentai and, and theaters. Yeah, well, I think most people, well. that that's the case for most people. Well, I don't think that one uh, played in theaters, did it? What the hentai? Probably not. Huh? Like an OVA. I think I said OVA. I would like to see that in theaters. What the OVA? I or guess the, I said the movie. <laughs> God damn, the <laughs> movie. Um, uh, is it I think they or, play it in like. Ghibli fests all the fucking time during the summer. So yeah, like I don't know if it's coming up this year, but it hasn't like previous years. I feel like there's a theater somewhere within my like 30 mile vicinity that probably has a Ghibli fest sometime in the summer. Well, Ghibli fest is like a thing that um, it's like a thing that G Kids does, where it's just like it's a quote unquote festival, but really what it means is they just play like Ghibli movies all year. Yeah. I remember going like to a con. Out of the year. Going to a con, stopping by the G Kids booth. Um, the 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 around the time that they took uh, Ghibli from Disney, and they had like the smuggest grin on their face the entire time. <laughs> I mean, hell yeah! They were like really proud of themselves. They're like, we got we got Ghibli from that freaking mouse. <laughs> Even though I still think that. Disney still partially owns like the movies or something, or has like it's some sort of weird licensing agreement, from what I understand. Well, um, they, I imagine they'd have to because they're the ones that produce the dub. Yeah, well, for some of them, for only yesterday, like uh, that was a G Kids dub because Disney refused mm. to, to dub it because they talk about periods. Wait, was that really the <laughs> uh, reasoning? That was really the reason. So, so and periods, it was either periods? it was either this doesn't get dubbed or we like it was either we cut the period talk or this doesn't get a dub. Wait, wait, and so periods like, are a problem, but the guy getting like his head chopped off and, and Mononoke is okay? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. Imagine um, them seeing turning red. God damn. Oh my god. Well, that one didn't um, even have nine eleven in it, so that one didn't even have nine eleven. Uh, yeah, that was my problem with all the yesterdays. I never referenced. I never referenced nine. You know what? You know what? Ghibli movie does reference nine eleven. The cat returns. It does. I've never seen it. Uh, let's just say that it ends. The movie ends with a tower being blown up by the government. Oh, I thought you said it's gonna be. Uh, I thought you were gonna say it was a disaster. Oh no, it's a good movie. A national tragedy. Um, <laughs> Fall also technically had the ending of Hidamari Sketch. Yeah, I know. Saya and Hiro uh, both graduated that year. Yeah, the uh, the experience that is somehow like better than any individual season for me. 
Uh, honestly, I kind of wish I had graduated the same time they did, to be honest. I think they got out at the right time. Wait. Did you graduate before or after them? Um, maybe, but I think they got <laughs> out at the right time. <laughs> You know, it's just this baby. <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, you know, you can watch the Hidamari sketch uh, graduation and you can be completely normal. And then, you know, then you see the scene of Natsume crying and then you're not normal anymore. <laughs> so ominous. <laughs> um, well, that's how I, I felt about it. Did we talk about Kyosugega? Yeah, we talked uh, about Kyoso Giga. Did. You have anything else you'd like to add about Kyoso Giga? No, I, mean, I assume I would have said everything last time, so. Uh, I felt like I hogged most of the convo with Kyoso Giga, to be honest. It was pretty good. Pretty good. It's about family. I think I already made that joke. It's about the friends we made along the way? Oh, God. Um, the friends we made along the way and adopted into our family? <laughs> See, like, Kyoso Giga is kind of a weird one, because, like, it's got, like, a weird, like, world and lore behind it. Yeah, but it's never, like, well, it's an original, and it's never, like, like, completely explained, or beat you over yeah. the head with it. It's just like, oh, they're in a painting. Uh, yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah. What, wait, so what, why, what? Okay. I, I just like that it had a... I, I just like that it had Rie Kugamiya playing a girl with a giant hammer. A giant hammer? Hell yeah. Yeah, I actually saw... I forget what con I was at. I did see a Koto cosplay one year, uh, and she had a pretty epic hammer. Uh, it was a pretty good prop. Was she making uh, a resin or something? No, she didn't get arrested. Um, no, a resin. Did she make it out of resin? I don't know what that is. I thought you were asking if she got arrested. No, resin's like... Uh... Like a clear, like you, well, it can be clear. It's like, basically, it's like it, it, it's soft and like you mold it into something and it turns hard. Like mm -hmm. plastic, but not brittle. Well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I'll send you the picture some other time and you can determine for me uh, if that was indeed the case. I, Sounds I'm i not really an expert when it comes to these things. I will say, though, that if anyone's giving her any trouble, she could probably use that hammer reasonably as a weapon. We'll put a pin in it. We'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll we'll come back. We'll edit it in post. Yeah. Miss uh, um, Monochrome. Did anybody watch Miss Monochrome? No. Yeah, I watched Mr. Monochrome. Yeah. Mr. Oh, Monochrome. Of course you did. You say Mr. Monochrome? I didn't, I didn't say Mr. Monochrome. I said I said I watched Miss Monochrome. Are you gaslighting me? <laughs> no. That also, was what, what's this? Of course you did. What? Oh, no, I don't know, Sai's being like, passive-aggressive because he hasn't seen any of these. they haven't fucking seen any of these. <laughs> so just like... I just, I, I mean, this was, I remember when I watched Miss Monochrome. Mumi, you can relate to this, I'm sure. Uh, not at the time I did it, but, you know, I did not have a working computer um, at the time I watched Miss Monochrome. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't have any computer, so all I did all day was just watch random shows. So I watched... The first two seasons of Miss Monochrome, but I didn't watch the last season of it uh, until like last year or something. And I was like, you know, I never did watch that last season of Miss Monochrome. See, Miss Monochrome has like the kind of best like advertisement for a Nendoroid. 
Because she just puts on this massive head. She just looks like a Nendoroid. And then they made one. Yeah, is the whole gimmick, right, is that she's like this idol trying to make it, but she's like really socially inept. It's like one of those like really underrated like TV short anime for me. Where like, you know, it's like Poopy Poe or something where like no one talks about it. I feel like Miss Monochrome's a little bit better off than like some of them. But uh mm. I think uh, people are way too harsh on Miss Monochrome. I'm gonna say it right now. I didn't realize people there was a movement of people that were harsh on Miss Monochrome. <laughs> Uh, didn't I think that was one of the reasons I left Justice, right? Is because people kept insulting Miss Monochrome like left and right. You know, you couldn't go an entire day without someone insulting Miss Monochrome. <laughs> it was it was getting a little ridiculous, if you ask me. But that's you know that's fair. You know, I'd, I'd probably leave my own server too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh would God. that would that be finally enough to break you? Is is just the constant insults of Miss Monochrome? The constant barrage of Miss Monochrome. <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't know. Just... I had fun with it at the time. It was uh, fun. I remember the first season was a lot more episodic, and then the second season, I remember having a lot more of a continuing story. But then the third season kind of goes back to being more episodic. I think there are sometimes they do like arcs, but generally, like the second season, I remember feeling like a very uh, consistent, ongoing narrative. And the first yeah. season wasn't quite like that, from what I recall. First season was shorter too, wasn't it? Was it? Or maybe I'm misremembering that. Maybe I'm conflating that with uh, Yoma no Susume. No, 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 you're right. So the first season was four minutes. The second season was seven minutes. Yeah, I thought I thought it was like shorter. I don't know what, how I would compare Miss Monochrome's humor, like what I would compare it to. Um, could just watch an episode. We could we could become a reaction podcast. Could just watch it. It is only like the four, four minutes, minutes right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe like Zombie Land Saga, kind of. Oh, not it's really. Just, it's just like everything returned. Like something, like something ridiculous will happen. Like she'll win the lottery, and then like the person who sold her the lottery ticket will just like steal it from her, and she just kind of has to go back to being a, like street idol or something and you're oh, just like what? Yeah. I mean that's kind of like what happens in like something like Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's like anytime sort the gang, gang reaches like any sort of success you're just thinking to yourself okay it's got to go wrong by the end of the episode so we can end yeah, off right if, where we started. If you like Always Sunny I cannot recommend Miss Monica <laughs> There is an episode where she literally saves the planet from an alien invasion and no one remembers because well, it's like Ben 10. She doesn't remember because her batteries died in doing so. <laughs> so her memory gets reset or something stupid. Oh, like near. Yeah, exactly. Just like if you <laughs> like, like near Automata this season. Miss Monocro. God no, damn it. It's got everything you could ever want in a show called Miss Monochrome, the animation. I'll tell you that much. Speaking of batteries not included, do we talk about Gundam Build Fighters? Uh, we uh, talked about Canapa. We talked about the MILF. That's all I know about Gundam Build Fighters. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think... I don't actually think I even know what any of the characters in the original look like. I remember Try just because that one girl kept getting like all the art from uh build fighters try but you don't remember what the boy and his mom looks like i mean that's in like every fucking dojin 
Uh-huh. I've never seen any doujinshi freak hunted Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen a lot of doujinshi movies? <laughs> I haven't read We're them, done. but I've seen a lot. Oh, okay, of them. I see, I see. Oh, yeah, you did. You uh-huh. did go to Kamike, right? Yeah. So that's maybe where you would have seen them, right? Do y'all not know what the mom looked like? No, I don't. I don't no. know what Can the show like, really looks yeah, like. Show us. God damn. I mean, you're on the character page. You can just pull it up. <laughs> oh, God damn it! Hold on, Jamie. Jamie, do not fucking call me Jamie. I told you not to do that. Sorry to disappoint the the diehard Build Fighters fans, but I actually don't know what Build Fighters really looks like. Pull up the porno where the boy from Guild (laughs) Build Fighters fucks mom. I don't know. What is the mom's name? Uh, Rinko Ori is that one right there. No, no. uh, To your right. Oh, here we go. Oh, yeah. She looks like a Pokemon mom. Yeah, a Pokemon. Pokemon. I'd Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> He's got that sweater going on. Yeah, I can see it. Sweater puppies. A playful puppies. woman. A playful woman. <laughs> she, was... <laughs> she routinely tries to pair up Kosaka China with her son. Yeah, that that is yeah, that yeah, that checks out. Uh did we talk about I couldn't become a hero or whatever? What is it? No, called? we didn't talk about UC Boo. Yusibu? Yusibu. Or about C3Boo. Yeah, we did talk about C3Boo. I bet I got a bunch of information wrong on that, but what's not... What's not to all? What about Yusibu? No one's going to correct you. Well, I'm going to correct me. I'm going to leave like a long comment. (laughs) A long comment of just just notes. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to like timestamp everything too. You You need to make each note its own comment to like artificially inflate the comment. Uh, what I could do is I'd make each note I'd start one note as a comment and then I'd reply with a new note each time. You do that and the video just gets flagged for spam. Oh yeah, that is true. Well, let me yeah. tell you, I ain't no spammer. I couldn't become a hero sucked ass. Buffina was cute. The main girl uh, comes I out. I like the animation. Really? It was like really good. well animated. What? Yeah, do you not remember? That. No. I don't yeah, remember there was that like some insane cuts in it. I remember like the cut of like the old man flipping up uh Sarah was her name Sira? Her skirt. Well yeah. she's like and like the, being all dramatic. <laughs> I remember that cut. I, yeah. I remember all the sexual cuts, I guess. The show looks yeah, very see, I, I, liked, I liked Fino the most because she's just uh it's it's one of those things where it's like she it's you put her in kind of like a you put this wacky character in kind of like a mundane situation, right? But uh I, I think it was interesting, right? It, wasn't it like the climax of UC Boo where he takes he he fights the big bad using all the techniques he like learned from working at the freaking retail store. Wax on, wax off. Yeah, like he he. I'm pretty sure he like mops the floor or something at one point in in the final fight. I think so. Well, like they're fight. Were they even fighting in the fantasy world, or they're just like fighting in like a convenient like in the store? They weren't fighting in the store. This isn't Bento. Oh, I don't remember. 
I think they were fighting, they were fighting, like, outside. Um, quite frankly, my problem with the show is, you know, I'ma be real. Sucked? No one should, no. No one should, <laughs> no one should work in freaking retail. I'm gonna say it right now. <laughs> I mean, I am not against cute anime girls working in retail. And then just being sexually harassed. I, I don't know, man. I just think, I just think that these characters deserve better than to work some crappy retail job. Is all I'm saying. Do they though? Do yes. They really? Yes. Yes, they do. I I'll mean, listen. If the if they if the if the mopping the floor helped them in their fight, I'm not gonna take that away from them. But the way I see it, you know, the guy couldn't become a hero. But, you know, this uh, probably was better off being a hero than, than working at retail is all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that not all heroes wear capes, okay? Some of them have a mop and bucket and clean up the vomit in aisle 12 so that, you know, the mom Listen, I got nothing but respect for people who work in retail. On it to soak it up. I, I've got nothing but respect for people who work in retail, but like... I, I also don't wish that on anybody. <laughs> I would not wish that on my greatest enemies. I also would not yeah. wish mach Unbreakable Machine Doll on my greatest enemies. Oh, you don't like... Uh, ma -ma 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 well, say the ED was, like, fucking catchy as fuck. Uh, that's about all that I had going for it. Oh, uh, dude, you... You know for a fact, back back in, like, the, the mid-2010s, if you went outside and you went no they they would start like breaking out into like this big number. They would start losing it. Everybody. Like a flash mob. Yeah, it'd be like a flash mob. Everybody knew this freaking song. My grandma heard this song when she was at the supermarket. Okay. I just remembered the cut of like her running really weird up up like a vertical surface or something. Or it starts off like horizontal and turns vertical. Like that's a weird cut in the ED. Yeah, I, I think it's cool because not only could the machine doll not be broken, but you know, everyone's spirit couldn't be broken either. No, it was True. just it. It was really a point in time that I think one of these days, you know, I, we should really go back to. Sometimes I stay up late at night. I look at the ceiling. And I think to myself, man, you know, we we could have we could have been living in a different world had you know the Mawade spirit had been preserved. But we could have funded alas. a second season for Unbreakable Machine Doll. No, nah, if, if it got a second season though, they they wouldn't pull like a good Azani and keep the same song. You know, they would have they would have made it a second song, and it would have been like a. You know, lightning in a bottle that couldn't be recaptured, you know? Yeah. The they should have made a second season of Tokyo Ravens, though. Oh, why do you think that? Of Tokyo Ravens? Yeah. Well, it uh, ends on, like, a cliffhanger. Oh, okay. I actually don't know anything about the show other than Fight, keep holding on, but, but... Yeah, that, that OP is awesome, because it's, uh, it's done by Masashi Ishihama, who directed uh, Shinsekai Yori. Uh, and he does, like, killer mm. OPs. Like, all of his OPs look freaking amazing. 
The uh, second that, OP for Tokyo Revengers was good too. Yeah, it, so his his Tokyo Revengers OP is really good looking. I really like it. He also had Khan in uh, Tokyo Ravens. He was pretty cute. All the girls in Tokyo Ravens were pretty cute. Uh, I liked the one who was licking the ice cream in the OP. Oh, the, the, the twin drills one? He was licking the ice cream. Yeah, the <laughs> that's the only like cut drills. I really remember. There was the licking the ice cream, then there is the... Like, the two, like, sides... One was one color, the other was the other color. Oh, yeah, I don't like know anything image. about the show. I, I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever heard a single person actually talk about the story in Tokyo Ravens. Uh, so it's basically like if people had like shamanic powers in like modern day Japan or something. And so like this kid's like born into the world of like these priests and priestesses or whatever and superpowers and all that. But like, he's not really like in the world, but it, it turns out he may or may not be like the reincarnation of somebody that was like really big in that world. But like, he's subservient to like his cousin who through tradition is like the, the main person or whatever. And so she's like viewed as a, well, she's, she's also uh, presents herself as a guy within the school just to like keep up appearances because she's oh, that's like, based. you're not, yeah, you're not, I, I don't think like a person in her position is supposed to be a girl. That is basically like, I think what the logic behind it is. So she, he basically becomes his cousin's familiar huh. <laughs> and then to go to this school. Uh, and it's just basically like a kind of battle shown in the, what? I don't know what a good like battle show to compare it to would be. Also, why are we just watching the fake trailer while I'm in the middle of talking? <laughs> oh, because I'm not paying attention to what I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a fun show. It wasn't like the greatest thing. I would have watched a season two if they made one. Well, uh, if they made a season two, uh, I I say that I pr- I'll probably pick up the show. On a whim, like five years from now or something. And fifteen years after it aired, this movie came out in twenty thirteen. What do we think of it? Uh, isn't this a Korean movie or something? This is a Korean movie. Yeah, is this, is this from the people who made the the King of Pigs, or is this someone else? Um, I think it. I think it looks I like think, it similarly. Yeah, it's Saibi, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about No Kome, did we? No, we've we've got a choice to make. Do we talk about no kome or do we skip it? Do we talk about no kome or do we run outside, delete our hard drives, and crash our car into the nearest building? <laughs> well, I mean, this is a difficult choice. I thought we already talked about this. Did we talk about this? No, we didn't talk about it. No, I thought we did. No, we I know for a fact we didn't because I was like, "Oh, we got to talk about this still." Okay. I, I I I I did really like No Kame. Like it was a fun like comedy. I mean, it's not like a great. It's not like well written comedy. It's not like you're gonna go into it with like Cromartie levels of comedy where it's like <laughs> biting commentary on social issues or some bullshit. Uh. Camardi has biting commentary on social issues. Maybe. <laughs> I don't remember any biting commentary. I mean, I guess maybe some like stuff on internet culture, but 
have some nerve coming on this podcast making a comment like that. <laughs> um, but no, like, uh, I don't know, it was kind of fun. Like, he just, I mean, it's, it's lol so random shit. But uh, uh, it was fun. I remember everybody was, like, really excited. You know, like, every time UOG would appear on screen, they would spell out the letters UOG. UOG. Yeah, because she was, like, her dad was, like, some tech guy or something. He was, like, an inventor. So she would come, like, into the school. She, like, came to the school through the window, and she would pull out all these wacky inventions. She's got I've a watched the show, like, twice in full, by the way. That's a... F- <laughs> oh, it's... Wait, oh, it's that character. Yeah, it's the don't yeah, shake the lolly character. She's actually their teacher. Right. Yeah, she's the, she's the teacher. Oh, I and, see. Like, her relationship is, like... With the main dude is she is like aware of like his weird powers because his powers force him to like constantly choose between like two or three options periodically. And at the end of each episode, they kind of show what might have happened had he chose the other choice. Yeah, but the other choice is always like something ridiculously stupid, like become yeah. a woman. <laughs> like he's just supposed to like change his anatomy like in place. Oh, I've seen, like, the first episode of this. It's all coming back to me now. I remember her falling on him. Or, like, turn um, into a handbag yeah, or something. Chocolate. Like, just, just random fucking shit. It's interesting, because earlier I was thinking to myself, because people say, like, oh, it was ten years ago. That means it's retro. And I was saying to myself, that sounds fucking stupid. Yeah, that's but I'm I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I guess, yeah, this does look like a 2013 anime. Like like the early 2010s have a have a distinct style now, which is weird to think about. They basically just look like the mid aughts anime style, but shinier. Yeah, yeah, more pro- post processing. They had that's a fun dynamics in this show. I liked that he's like just a normal dude, and he keeps having to do this like random shit, and it's like everyone around him doesn't like try to understand. Like they just play along. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like he's just a fucking weirdo. Well, there was weirdo. the one girl who like who is like really cold to him, but like always makes bad puns. Like she, he'll do something <laughs> stupid, like can I touch your breast? And she just plays a lock. Yeah, this is a trope I wish they brought back with like just like the shiny shoulders and the shit. boob blush. <laughs> yeah, I remember that Bring being a thing back in the day. People talking about the boob. Yeah, blush. that was like. Well, I think it was specifically like blowjob knees. Blowjob you know. I think I want to say boob blush was like the 2010s equivalent of like vagina bones. Oh hell well, yeah! That was also the 2010s. Though. Was that the early 2010s though? Yeah, that was that was 2011. Oh, Yumi Kui Mary came out. So. Oh shit! You're right. Well shit. Yeah. That was more than 10 years. We had ago. boob blush and vagina bones at the same time. What a time to be alive. But the other thing about No Kome, right? The OP, they'd like uh, do the handstand. Yeah. And they would defy gravity. Oh, like her fucking yeah. like skirt wouldn't fall? Yeah, none of them would fall. You think that was the influence? They corrected. For, uh, that, was, that was later rectified in Lycoris Recoil. I was about to say, do you think that was the inspiration behind Lycoris Recoil? That would be very funny if it was. Uh, that would be interesting. I also remember the fact that the, the artist who performed the uh, uh, opening track, the 
Ophelia saga, they would show up at the end of the episode, uh, and no one would know who the heck they were. Not like, the characters, character? I mean, people watching didn't know who the heck they were. Oh. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, we're Ophelia saga. That sure was a wacky episode we just watched. <laughs> Where the fuck are you? <laughs> Uh, that was a fun show. I remember the no. I remember the fucking like one where he just like has to call out the bitch for like having silicon implants. Oh yeah, that's that's <laughs> the con the the festival right, and they're having that like big contest. It, yeah, it was a contest. I don't know if it was a festival. It was just like it was a festival. They had fun. like a wrestling contest or something. Yeah, he just calls so her. Is this just like would you rather the anime? It was very rant like like all the choices are just like what the fuck like they try to make a big yeah, point it's, it's, about like branching paths where it's like well Einstein could have solved the theory of relativity or I don't know he could have sold ice cream and it's just like what or <laughs> some like just stupid shit oh uh, that that is the binary yeah no it's it. It, it way, made Western me think man? a lot about my own choices in life, you know? Yeah, really, it really makes you think, really. Where it was like, I, I could have like recorded this podcast, or I could have, you know. You could have not. I could have jumped out a window. <laughs> I could have became a salad. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, it, it, it was a show that really taught a lot. Uh, you know, I learned a lot. From How it. much did you learn from Outbreak Company? Oh, Outbreak Company is freaking brilliant. It really annoys me how every single video, well, not every single, but a vast majority of videos uh, on YouTube that discuss the show seem to not actually know what the show is about. Enlighten. What's it about? Enlighten them, Roger. Like, yeah, all right. So so I was looking back on a comment because I ran into this earlier this morning. I was like, uh, I ran into a video by someone. Uh, on my on my YouTube feed, I'm like, oh yeah, this who. is the guy who did the Outbreak Company video. I didn't care for, and I remember leaving a comment because everyone seems to think the fact. And I gotta go check my audio so I'm not clipping because I'm gonna get really <laughs> loud at this point. Uh, so everybody seems to think that the whole thing of like, oh, going to another country to promote like a well, it's another world, but essentially another culture. Right to promote otaku media that's just a wacky anime premise and i'm like it's not a wacky anime premise this is what's actually happening that's a, thing. Yeah. That's a real thing yeah that's a real thing it is it is very much you know a common thing with isekai though where it's like we in you know the the character from japan brings his knowledge is innate to him being yeah. a japanese citizen to the other world have we considered giving the North Sentinelese like just airdropping Chainsaw Man onto that island? I'm sure nothing would go wrong. Nothing would go wrong. But the, the thing with Outbreak Company is that like he goes in there with the expectation that his expertise will like um, benefit people, and it kind of does, but. The intentions of what it's being used for are bigger than what he intends for it to do, right? Because he knows firsthand the sort of the um, impact that these works can have on people and, you know, what their benefit is. But the government really isn't, uh, the Japanese government really isn't interested in that. They're interested in using it sort of as a way to expand their influence and then continue on to sort of reap the benefits of this land with regards to resources and the like. Um, 
So they they are especially taken back when the culture, because at first it develops this kind of schism in the in the world, right, where the older generation sort of has a hard time understanding the the younger generation who's being influenced by anime and manga because it's so alien from their way of life. And there's also sort of homegrown terrorists being developed uh, and things of that nature. But the later on in the show, there's the whole idea of like, all right, well, we can make our own animation and our own comments, comics and the things like that. And the Japanese government friggin' hates it. Because <laughs> they're like, oh, we don't want that. You know, we want our influence, kind of. Uh, and it's a very interesting work, too, because the original writer is Ichiro Sakaki, who did mm. Chika, Outbreak Company, of course, uh, Scrap Princess, Cody, Missiony, Polyphonica, which has that infamous car chase scene. Uh, a bunch of other stuff. And uh, I think he's, like, one of the most underrated writers, in my opinion. And um, mm-hmm. in the industry, because he he writes really interesting works. Um, Makademi Washoi is another really fun one he did. Uh, and they're all like a lot of them are very different from each other too. Like there's some themes you can find common in his works, like uh, discrimination is a big one, and sort of like um, people kind of believing what they're told and becoming victims to some form of like a uh, brainwashing generally of some kind like with the prophecy and scrap princess um and things of that sort but i'd say like his works are all like very different from each other generally uh, an outbreak company is is kind of it's a very different work from him because it it takes a bit more of a comedic approach but it has a very serious bent to it whereas something like makademi washoi is like pure gag comedy um and then like uh scrap princess is fantasy but it's not really fantasy when the spoiler twist happens midway um uh polyphonica uh, is like more urban fantasy i'd say where it's like magic but in like a modern day urban setting uh cody and missiony are like they have superpowers in, like, our uh, present day, but it's also, like... Well, at the time, it was the future, but now it's present day because the future... It was, like, a futuristic society, but um, it was also kind of, like, had this noir spy kind of uh, motif to it. The future um, is now. And that man. one I watched this past year, and I thought it was quite good. Uh, especially Missiony, I thought it was quite good. Um so I, I I really like his works, and I think I think Outbreak Company I, I think it stands tall with the rest. You know, I, I like when uh Petralka, who's the uh who's the the ruler of the land, she like tries to <laughs> tries to like show off her like knowledge of like uh anime tropes when she's like oh she she acts all sundere but she doesn't know the name of it, so she's like oh I I'm doing the Sundora. The Didn't Sundora. you notice? And then he's like, it's it's soon today. And then it's just <laughs> silence. You know Or freaking da, 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 Now that you mention it. Or there was the other scene. There was the other scene where like he's like because the other thing too is there's the eye catches you see like each of them have their favorite anime listed and you know things they like, things of that nature. So one of the things is he talks about Minami K, 
right? And he talks about the season that that director specifically directed, who's the same director as Outbreak Company, and he mm. said that season was awful and that the director <laughs> Just sucked. insulting the director's <laughs> other words. Yes. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. So it's, it's there's kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff like that, but I think it's also like a really poignant show on something on Cool Japan Phenomenon. Mm, yeah. Uh, so I I think it just it has a lot to say. It's funny, uh, but it also has like a point, uh, too, which uh, and and has kind of serious moments as well. Uh, so I think it's very good. Yeah, I I've seen it twice. Now. I didn't know that it was written by the same guy as like Chaika and Scrap Princess. I never like looked into that. But like now that you talk like mention it, like tonally it seems pretty similar. Like Chaika had like that kind of. It was like a lighthearted kind of a like action series, but like it was still kind of serious. And Outbreak yeah. Company kind of has that similar kind of tone to it. Yeah. Well, with Chaika, it 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 plays it very lighthearted, but then it just pulls like gore on you and like gets like extreme. Yeah, like Freddy and just gets fucking places. like <laughs> fucking just like killed instantly and then like chest bursts out of herself yeah it was things like that or even just in the first episode the infamous scene where the unicorn gets like blown up <laughs> the fucking unicorn yeah four and young children so, have been found alive after more than a month wandering the amazon what i don't know just a random notification i got on my phone that's very uh. important um good for them yeah I mean, definitely Chaika and Scrap Princess, I'd say, are the two that are the most similar to each They're other. Also, the two that are most and popular. Makademi Washoi, I'd say, is most similar to Polyphonica, except Makademi Washoi is like pure gag comedy, mm. I would say. Outbreak Company, like, it's one of those shows where it's like a lot of the fun is just like, it's not as fun if you're not as familiar with like knowledge of anime shit, because like, Kind of like Joshiraku. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of well, it's kind of like yeah. um, it's kind of like Onibai, where it's like mm. where we would stop and be like, oh, what's all this like DVDs in her fucking room? What is this poster supposed yeah. to be referencing and all that? It's kind of like that, where like you have like a discount like or uh, off brand uh, saber uh, yuri 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 yeah that kind of shit. Um, and so you'd be like, oh, what are, what are they referencing here? Or what are they doing with that? And like. I remember the uh, the the humor of it was pretty good too. Like I remember like the uh, uh, the gag about like the council trying to determine what swimsuit the princess should wear. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking dude's face sounds like my kind of anime. That was yeah. I, I like how the subtitle too of the the light novel is Moe Rushin Ryaksha or like a. Uh, Moe invader, <laughs> which is like kind of the idea, right, of like cultural invasion. Yeah, but with with Moe. Do you think? Do you think the staff of that anime were trying to tell us something? Uh, I mean, yeah. Do you think they're trying to tell us that the government's actually involved, and this is some kind of like soft, soft invasion? Well, the the thing with Cool Japan, right? Um, is that Cool Japan is kind of a failure? Yeah. Well, so, well, kinda. So, like, the official government initiative of Cool Japan was a failure. Um, yeah. But just the general 
concept of cool Japan and Japanese soft power has been incredibly successful. The thing is, right, Japan just had no idea, like, the government just had no idea how to market it. Yeah. But like, definitely with music, right, was the mm -hmm. big one where I think they dropped the ball, because if you look at K-pop, it, like, completely trounces K-pop, J-rock. There's not really a good reason for it's it real, either. Like, like it's not like they're that different. It's, re it's really been carried on the back of of the free market. Yeah, I remember Gact uh, criticizing Cool Japan in particular, saying that like they had this these funds, but they just had no idea where to put the funds. Yeah, um, basically. Yeah, and I I think Gact knows what he was talking about. He was in PUBG, so. Oh, okay. It's he was like... also in Technowise. <laughs> well, there you go. He was the he performed the go. ED. Uh, you can't argue with the guy who was the technolize. He, he also was the influence for uh, Genesis and Final Fantasy VII. They based his character really? off. Really? Of yeah, I remember hearing oh, yeah. that. I don't know. I don't know who that character is, but that's interesting. I mean, he's in Crisis Core a, a lot more prominently. <sighs> I want to talk about Burning Buddha Man. I haven't seen Burning Buddha Man. Uh, what do you got to say about this Buddha so, guy? So Burning Buddha Man is the debut feature film? Maybe just the de de debut film of um, uh, a really interesting director, uh, independent director, uh, Ujicha, who uh, directed Violence Voyager, which is one of my favorite movies. No, not one of my favorite movies, but definitely one of like my favorite just like weird horror anime. Uh, his he has a very signature style, which is that he uh uses gekimation. Have either of you seen like the um original Cat Eye Boy anime from like the seventies? Not extensively, but you know what it looks like, right? Yeah. Where it's like these like paper dolls, or like you do have stuff like that in like Katakano, uh, stuff like oh, that. like Kami Shibai. Yeah, yeah, kinda. So I like here. I'll just show a trailer. So like this. Oh yeah, this is like a Mononoke dance, the the OP to Hakaba Kitaro, the music video. Hmm. So yeah, all of his stuff looks like this, and yeah, I really like Violence Voyager. Uh, it's a pretty just like straightforward, almost like a really fucked up Goosebumps book. Oh. That just I don't know. People talk about like Maiden Abyss being like violent towards kids and stuff. This I think. This makes my skin crawl in ways Maiden Abyss doesn't even come close. I feel like I feel like in order to promote it better, someone should have had the had like the subtitle for Violence Voyager be like viewer beware. You're in for a scare. Burning Buddha Man, on the other hand, it's it's an alright movie. It's kind of unfocused and weirdly structured. It's almost got like a tokusatsu kind of energy to it, where you you're fighting these this this girl i basically from what i remember her like whole family gets murdered and then she joins like this cult of like mutant aliens who then like transform her into a mutant and then she fights the aliens that i might be getting this completely wrong by the way but then she fights the uh aliens that killed her family something like that maybe help to read the synopsis uh secret buddha yeah yeah stolen parents killed the same time Robbery. Yada killed her parents with her vengeance. And the place to go, she wanders into Andrew's secret room and meets an ugly creature. Looks funny. Yeah. Uh, this movie also relies heavily 
on just really fucked up body horror. Uh, and I think the fact that they are paper cutouts, the fact that they're like they they are real and not just like you know uh, animated drawings. That these are like pop, it kind of adds to the graphic nature of it. Because uh, he'll also do stuff where he just has like them secrete actual fluids and it's really gross and stomach churning and coupled with just the really fucked up designs uh it's a real trip to say the least i i highly recommend um i think violence voyager is on amazon prime uh only dubbed but the dub is kind of funny again it kind of has like that that goosebumps charm to it uh, Burning Buddha Man is not available on streaming, although there is a like two pack of Violence Voyager and Burning Buddha Man available. Uh, I think through Arrow Films, so check that out. Support support independent filmmakers. Honestly, this looks interesting, but I feel like if I watch this movie, I will become like you, Sai. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, I'll hide under the covers. Hide under the covers. Uh, I well, yeah, because you had the the mic. Yeah, so. <laughs> actually, not anymore. I'm no I'm no longer scared of the dark. All right, all right. So I'll be like past you. I'll I'll take your place. You know. Yeah, but yeah. You if you want something covers. to just, if you want something that's just gross and kind of sickening, yeah, watch watch Violence Voyager and then maybe watch Burning Buddha Man if you want more of that. You know what else was gross right, and so kind of sickening? Your mom. I'm sad now. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it all that dead air. <laughs> just let just let that joke sit. Uh, what? Yeah, that's gonna be like one of those note. I did not edit this. <laughs> Slowly uh, zooming well, in on me. <laughs> um, Kyokai, uh, what, Kyokai no Kanata. Oh, what do you have to say about Kyokai no Kanata? Nothing. That's a very uh, very interesting. <laughs> No, it's a very, uh, yeah, very gross and vile anime. I remember that was like the Bakemonogatari killer, right? Back in the day. Really? What do you mean? So people people were hyping it up. They're like, oh, it's a light novel adaptation. And it's it's similar to Bakemonogatari. It's going to be adapted by uh, KyoAni. It's going to be the Monogatari killer. This, these were conversations that were happening in 2013. Really? Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and it came out, and I, I could see the comparisons, sort of, because like you got the you got the like the the Megan egg fetish stuff. Uh, sure. You got the I you got the Siscon stuff. You got the Siscon stuff. I mean, you got some like. T- like sur- superficial, tangentially related things, but it's not really similar to Monogatari at all. This, no, I, I this gotta say though, the the designs are pretty freaking stunning. I I do really like the look of the show. I don't like the main girl glasses. reminds me of um. Uh, keep talking, and I'll remember what the hell it reminds me of. I'm not I'm not a fan of her right. hipster glasses. I, I've never been a fan of like Meganation characters. Yeah, the main girl kind of reminds me of um. Of Natsun, uh, the girl from Natsunagu. Hmm. Can I see that? I have seen that. The uh, the one that was made after the earthquake, right? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The earthquake and um. She like trying to find her like online oh, friend or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's something weird. It was it was cute. Um, well, just based on like the description for beyond uh beyond the boundary, Kyokai no Kanada, it kind of just seems like the what what if they made an anime just about the Chuni parts of of Chunibyo? Yeah, that's a good way to kind of put it. Uh, they kind of have similar. I don't know if it's because of the studio, but they do kind of have similar. Well, well, KyoAni is a very Feels. like insular studio, so yeah, yeah um, you have like the KyoAni same face. I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember most of this show because most of it felt very uneventful, <laughs> like kind of ran together. Oh man, I was super into it when I watched it. I was like really down for it, honestly. Really. Yeah, like, like I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. Um, but I didn't really think of Bakemonogatari. Now, admittedly, I didn't watch it when it came out. I watched it a bit after. Um, it honestly reminded me most of Noragami. Because mm, well, you have kind of the the spirits, the urban fantasy setting. Noragami would have came out after this. Yeah, it was, it was the season after, actually. Yeah. Um, that was 2014. It doesn't exist yet. Oh, now, you know, and and the other thing was, I remember really liking the recap movie of Kyokai no Kanata as well. See, I didn't um, watch the movie. I didn't watch the second one. I just watched the recap movie. Uh, I'm not gonna lie though. I didn't. I wasn't a fan of uh the. I wasn't a fan of the show. But like yeah. episode six, the fucking idol yeah, that's episode. The idol episode, right? Yeah. Is so much better than it has any business being. <laughs> <laughs> like, just as a premise, you're just kind of like, okay. But, like, the fact that it, like, doesn't tie into anything is, like, a strength for the episode. Where it's, like, they're just, like, fighting this creature that, like, has a big eye. They have to distract it. So they're like, oh, it's put on an yeah. idle performance because it's an otaku creature. And so... <laughs> They like try like haphazardly and it fucking fails. So they're like, okay, we gotta get really serious. They do like a whole like idol arc. And yeah, it has it's like a huge a, montage. Like, yeah, well, there's like this like actual like idol sequence, and you're like, God damn. If every idol show were like this, I might actually watch idol shows. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so fucking good. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> You just blew your fucking budget all over the fucking screen for this random episode. And then it ends, and you're just like, oh, we gotta go back to the show and yep. like blood blades and being stabbed and shit. Okay. All right. I think I've seen like a gif from Kyokin Okanada of like the girl like bending over like backwards or something. Uh, something like is that. Is it the one where she's like holding her hands out? Uh, let me see. There are a lot of gifts from Kyokai no, Okada. Yeah, it's, it's like a really the, the rejection of the money where she's like, no, I don't want the money, but she's like, still yeah, that's, take, that's to take the it. one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. You got like the fucking uh, the pig girl where she's like pouting and like moving. Yeah, her I head really back like the one of Mitsuki doing like the disgusted face. That one's really good. I might just the, uh, be thinking of a different Kyokai show. Yeah, you might be. I mean, there's like a lot. Oh, of yeah. Kyo there's also shows. the hug. Was there a lot one, of fan right, service the movie. in the show? Yeah, there's quite a bit yeah. from uh Okay, then it might what's her name? One. It's that one woman who like dresses up as the cat like every time she shows up. 
Isn't that like their sister? Yeah, is that is that his sister? That's from the idol episode. Yeah, I, I picked yeah, up on Yeah, that's the that idol movie. episode. <laughs> hey, really? What yeah, gave no, it away just, was the fucking idol dancing? No, that was actually like from the, the final episode. That's the climax. That's oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I don't know. I just was really into it at the time. I don't know what I'd think of it these days because I haven't seen it in so bloody long. But like, it's just a... Uh, I don't know. I, I felt kind of sucked in the in the world. I guess is the best way to put it. Is that a new to know reference? Uh, no, that's the first episode, I believe. So the the reason I preferred the recap movie is that the the way the show show uh, starts out, it's like it leaves you in the dark a lot with like what exactly is going on, and I didn't really think that was much to the show's benefit per se, because yeah. it's like they're explaining all these kind of concepts. But we don't really understand what the world itself is like just yet. Um, but the movie alleviates pretty much all of that as they include kind of Miyadai's main motivation at the very beginning of the film. So you kind of understand like pretty much everything you need to know. This is the show. Right at the know. beginning of the film so that when you like watch the later scenes, you can pretty much follow what's going on. The only thing with the movie is they do cut a lot of the action scenes, so it can feel like, you know, there's a fight, but then they kind of cut the fight. Um, You're thinking of, uh, the yeah, the, who, the whatever the fuck yeah, it's called. Yeah, yeah, this is oh, what Oh, you're thinking, thinking of, yeah, the, yeah, there's, like, no scene in Phantom World that's as wacky as that after that. That's very disappointing. That's like finding no, out. No, Phantom World, Phantom World puts like all of the most memorable parts of it like at the very beginning. Mm. Oh, low. It's like me finding out that the Twizzler scene in Muv Love only happens once. Yeah. Someone yeah, no, someone it, who knows what that what I'm referring to with that is like horrified by that statement. Like, I don't know. I know for a lot of people they treat Kyokai no Kanata as like this uh Kind of like, you know, people say that, you know, this KyoAni show is the lowest common denominator one and is bad and blah, blah, blah. I think Kyokai no Kanata is. No, I'm going to say it. Phantom World is indeed worse than Kyokai no Kanata. I mean, it looks, I mean, it definitely feels like it fits that bill more. I assume it's still like, I don't know, probably at least decent because it's KyoAni. Uh, I found I it will, really pouring. I will give... <laughs> I will give Kyokai no Kanada. I finished Kyokai no Kanada. I only watched like one or two episodes of Phantom World. And was like, yeah. I mean, it gets Phantom World gets like more serious and more like arc based as the show continues. I just really didn't find it interesting. And even aesthetically, it wasn't really much my thing. Like, I don't know. Kyokai no Kanata, like all the characters are like dripped out. Uh. You know, the I, I really drip, like the it's action. Like, it's a little bit more stereotypical anime character drip. Kind of look like, yeah. um, yeah, they look like characters from fucking Charlotte. <laughs> uh, I, I would start shitting on Charlotte, but it I came out make, in 2015, but... so it gets a pass for now. Yeah, I wouldn't. I didn't really think much of Charlotte when I watched Phantom World. More people when Phantom World came out, that was like, oh, you know, Ellen battle harem shows so it was compared a lot to those like magic school you know this and that kind of thing you know it kind of defeats the purpose to do like the mormon bubble porn stuff when you make it transparent and you can see through it wait did you say mormon yeah what what about mormons 
oh, that's like the joke. It's like Mormon porn because there's no actual nudity. Oh, 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 I think I know what you're referring to. They now. crop I think it I in a way. Yeah. That makes it makes your brain like, oh, they're naked. Cause it, yeah, you put like the bubbles such that it, it's kind of gross because these women probably these real women when it's, when it's like that, like that didn't really consent to this. So that's fucked up. Uh, but here they're just doing it wrong. Because you can see through it, and it's like, oh no, I can tell what they're wearing underneath. That's yeah. defeats I, the point. I, I think it might be a it might be like a cultural difference, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's interesting too that that Kyoto Animation had two different uh, anime uh, adaptations that both had the initials K and K. What was the other one? Wait, what was the other one? Koe no Katachi. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was thinking. Are we thinking of Cardinal Kyokai? That wasn't. That wasn't Kyoani. God damn it! Fuck you! Why are we so fucking? Yeah, that was another thing. All right, what's what's the deal with like Koi no Katachi fans needing to like make a contest out of everything? I noticed this, and I'm not. I'm not trying to be a hater or anything. But like every freaking time Koi, uh, your name uh, comes up in conversation, they have to bring up. Koi no Katachi being better. And every time Kyokai no Kanata comes up in conversation, Koi no Katachi fans have to bring up that uh, Koi no Katachi is the better Kyoani K and K. Do Koi no Katachi fans have like some kind of inferiority complex or I'll something? I'll tell you yes, why. Like, it's because they are Naoko Yamada stands. I mean, yeah, do, that's people fine. People like Naoko Yamada, she's a fine direct. People who like, are like diehard fans of her are fucking insane. I've never Actually met one. I've never like met one or interacted with like someone who's like, yeah, I really like Naoko Yamada's work, and they were like neurotypical, normal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I hate I hate to be throwing shade, but I do remember certain people being very upset when I used to like go around saying Yamada did it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. But admittedly, I I I mean I'm. I got nothing against Yamada, you know. No, no, no. I like I don't know. I'm fucking hate her or anything. <laughs> yeah, just... I, I'm fine with her works. I, I've got no problem with them. Yeah. It's I don't even have that big of a problem with Koi no Katachi, honestly. I mean, I haven't seen the film in so blasted long anyway, right? But uh, my thing with Koi no Katachi is that um, uh, the movie either needed to be like 30 minutes shorter or just made into a single core TV show. I remember saying at the time that it felt like a recap movie and people wanted to kill me for that too, so. Yeah, they go fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, I mean, regardless of how I felt about it at the time, you know, I, I really don't think that we need to turn this into a contest of which Kyoto animation K and K is better, you know, that's all I'm saying. That's yeah, a, com- a competition between two things. Well, two things that are only like tangentially related. Tangentially related. That. I think Naoki Yamada, I think I saw her like she directed episode five of Gokai no Kanata. She, 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 I mean, I'd imagine a number of the folks. Yeah, again, it's probably same Gokai staff, no but it's just like, why? But the director is the one who directed Violet Evergarden, Ishitate. Um, I believe this was his yeah. first uh, main directorial work. Um. And I know Joker some people have a problem with the way Ishidate directs. Uh, 
I honestly thought that the show was like really stunning, uh, stunning looking uh, back when I watched it. I, I was really, I was into it. Uh, it wasn't like my favorite show at the time, but I, I was into it. What was your favorite show at the time as it was airing? Uh, like favorite in what sense? Like what? What was the show you liked most, airing week to week, at the same time as Kyokai no Kanada? I have no idea. I wasn't watching seasonals back then. Uh, when I watched Kyokai no Kanata, that was like 2015. I forgot about that. It's been two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> cut that. I think um, that was like early 2015 that. at that. Cut, cut that. Well, the thing cut. was, I saw the, I saw it like, because uh, that was when like the ED ended up like in everybody's friggin' recommended. Oh yeah, Daisy. Yeah, yeah, that was in like everybody's recommended. Which, by the way. Um, Daisy, the, the, the visuals for that, I believe Seven Seeds actually, like, plagiarized the visuals for that. I think it was the second season of Seven Seeds. They had the ED. It was either the OP or the ED. And the visuals were, like, eerily similar to the ones in, in the Kyokai and Nokanata ED. Hey, can and... I copy your homework? Let's <laughs> <laughs> change it up. Let's change it up so no one will notice. Yeah, I don't. I don't think like any member of uh of the staff who worked on Seven Seeds ever acknowledged it, but they they were eerily similar. Um, what else? What else do we got? Did we talk about Log Horizon. We did not touch on. Uh, we did not talk about. Log we, Horizon. we talked a bit about Log Horizon in relation to the the Beto video and then uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mao Yu, but we never Mao really Yu. talked much about the series itself. Yeah. Did you? Lock Horizon was kind of surprising. Like, I started watching it just because, like, it was, I don't know, I just picked it up because I was like, oh, something people are talking about. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. It ended up being kind of fun. Like, the first season was kind of just like bros being bros through an alternate world, Akihabara. You kind of had, like, the whole, like, them kind of finding their footing in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Going and doing shit, like it was kind of fun. I've never, I've, I've seen like the first however many episodes back when like I first started getting into anime, and I just never finished it. It's probably I don't know. I I wasn't like into it enough that I would say like it was worth finishing necessarily. But it was like it was a fun show. I think I just I just started, like stopped watching anime for a year, and I just uh, never what, got back to it. Or five years? No, nah, I think it probably yeah. was like a year. Um, I just remember it was the big thing. You know what? For, forget about Koi no Katachi fans. You know, what about Log Horizon? Every time SAO was Every time up. SAO, yeah. We all know yeah. who, we're ta- who we're referring to when we talk about that. No, it was it was even before those videos, actually. Because yeah. I remember when, when Log Horizon was first airing, you know, people were like, oh, you know, don't bother with SAO. Just watch Log Horizon, you know, SAO yeah. fans. You know, they they're just Sao fans because they haven't seen the Log yeah, Horizon. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. Those Sao, those those Sao is for normies, the real hardcore anime fans. We like obscure art house anime, like Log Horizon. Sword Art Online doesn't even have MMO game mechanics. Log yeah. Horizon actually has class systems. Sao doesn't even have sense. magic. I like how, you know, day day one, maybe we were playing it safe a little. Day two, we're just insulting every fan base. <laughs> <in Ash Control. laughs> 
Um, we never play it safe. We, I think we like jokingly like brought up Kill a Kill, and we're like, yeah, let's Kill a Kill, and we like moved uh, on. I d- it is Kill a Kill. I, I remember asking if it was man mode. What? What? Uh, yeah, man mode made the Kill a Kill video, and then you know, at the end of every man vote mode video, he asks if the thing he's watching or covering in the video is man mode. So is it man mode? Yes. Yes. Uh, but he has like an accent, so it's like is kill la kill man mode. Yes. What's what is there to say about kill kill that hasn't been said already in you know like some way or another? Yeah. Nothing really. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. Did you like Gurren Lagan? You'll probably like this. It did it save anime? I didn't. I didn't see like. So leading up to Kill a Kill, right? Yeah. All we had was like the visual of like the silhouette of Ryuko with the sword or whatever, and like a brief synopsis of it being like about her transforming and blah blah blah. So like, yeah, we kind of knew it was a magical girl show, but like we didn't really know much about it. Kind of. I remember yeah. leading up to it, I was hoping I was like maybe this will be like the foil of you know how Gurren Lagann is to. Evangelion? You know, this is like Evangelion. Kill a Kill is to maybe, Yeah, I was like, maybe this will be <laughs> like a hype-ass Magical Girl show. And um, I was hoping, and I was really looking forward to it, leading up to it. And I was like, let's see let's see how it goes. And then I was like, oh, this is this is the Gurren Lagann to... This is just Gurren Lagann. Utena. Yeah. This is just Gurren Lagann to Utena. <laughs> not to Monica. Which, that's not, yeah, that's a... Uh... Which, that's not a bad thing. No. I mean, I, I do like the fact that the student council are fascists. You know, that is, you know, that is indeed one of my favorite motifs. Is just student council equals fascism. I will say if, uh, if Nandan were part of my student council, I'd bash the fash. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's just so hard to not compare it to Gurren Lagann in my mind because it's so similar. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I never, like, maybe it's because I watched it week to week, mm-hmm. but I didn't get the same feeling out of Kill a Kill as I did from Gurren Lagann. I would say Gurren Lagann. I, mean, I don't know. I don't think it's, I think the the influences Kill a Kill's pulling from, right, is a lot of the, like, the Sukiban Deka and, like, yeah. kind of the delinquent. Yeah style of like the 80s especially um that you don't really get from from Gurren Lagann so I think in that sense um if you sort of look at it from that angle you can find something a bit more fresh my thing my thing I think is with it is I think Gurren Lagann's second half is much stronger than Kill a Kill's second half in part be informed by the fact I don't think Ragyo is a very interesting villain yeah uh, and and I think there's also just like some stupid stuff in like the second half of Kill a Kill, namely uh, the, the shit that goes on with Ryuko just to like put Ryuko in Satsuki's uniform and Satsuki in Ryuko's uniform. Yeah, like all right, I had, I had fun with it, but it didn't it didn't like leave the impact or anywhere near the impact like the emotional that... impact of of Gurren Lagann. Yeah, even on like a superficial level. Like just watching it as like, you know, turning your brain off, just going with the flow of the emotion, pathos. Yeah. Like it 
it, it doesn't hit do as high of a, it, I don't think it hits as high of a mark as uh, as Gurren Lagann. No, uh, with that, which I think look. also was like a detriment to the show as I was watching it because like you do start kind of comparing it to Gurren Lagann, and it's mm-hmm. it's not a favorable comparison to me. So, not, in some ways, I think it is. Like I, I vastly prefer the Student Council and Kill I Kill to like the Four Beastmen Generals in Gurren Lagann. Yeah. Well, they're not really even hardly characters. They're not really characters. But... Um, I think. Yeah, I always thought the villains in Garen Lagan, a number of them were kind of weak. Like, the yeah, Kill Kill has like some kinda... more interesting set pieces in that first half. Yeah, I'd in fact, say. the Garen Lagan, the first half isn't quite as like with with Kill La Kill. The the first few episodes, especially, just come in guns blazing. When you get like the episode right. two, which I believe is the the aim for the ace like tennis episode. Yeah. Or episode yeah. four, where they're just like on the way to school. Yeah, uh, there's like uh, like boxing and stuff. All these like different ideas. Whereas like Gurren Lagan, I think there's something like even like uh, Beatrice talked about in like a video she made comparing them, where it's like Kill a Kill has like all these different ideas going on at the same time. Whereas Gurren Lagan is much more focused. It's like here's the idea, and we are going to no pun intended drill deep into that idea. I think I think I remember Beatrice's analogy being like Gurren Logan is like a drill, which is like taking these wider concepts and like bringing them to a point. Whereas Kill Kill's like more of a tapestry or a fabric. Fabric. That's a that's that's an all right. It's kind of. Yeah, uh, I will this say I did like the scene in O Edo Rocket where Kazuki Nakashima drills from the floor to like <laughs> like to introduce himself as like the main screenwriter and he's wearing like a Kamina jacket. I'll put Pretty it I'll epic. put it this way, all right. Gurn Lagan Gurn Lagan is technolize. Kill a kill? That's serial experiments lane. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, Zen wait, gets then what's Zen the, knows what I'm what's, talking about. What's uh Imaishi and uh Nakashima's equivalent to rewrite Promare? Oh, that's that's a little mean to Promare. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they would really take it a massive L. Um, yeah, that's Kill a Kill. I will, I will say I like like on a visual level, I prefer Kill a Kill like stylistically to Gurren Logan. <laughs> yes, like Kill a Kill Gurren is a Lagan bit more... is like a better. It's better animated, like production wise. We'll ignore the one episode. You know, oh, that don't be don't be hating on the man. <laughs> it's Kobayashi. a fine episode, but I think Kill a Kill, like uh, like storyboarding wise, has some more like interesting gags. Even just going to like that first episode, you, where you have um, uh, Gamagori just coming through the door, and he's like the size of the room. You don't really get stuff like that in Gurren Lagann. Instead, you just no. they also do the panty and stocking shot, don't they, with the classroom? Yes. I mean, Gurren Lagann, you get stuff like the really long sword, which is awesome. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Gurren Lagann is just kind of more, I want to say, like, standard, like, of its time in a way. A little bit. I Whereas, mean, it's very well animated. Right. I mean, well, I mean, I mean like, the standard I'm, back then was pretty good, generally. There was some, there was some crazy uh, shows you, that, like, really went off the rails in terms of production, but, like... 
Uh, the standard for 2007 anime, there were a lot of good-looking... But if you take my issues like work and you kind of put it on a spectrum, something like Kill la Kill is much closer to Dead Leaves than Gurren Lagann is. Yeah. Uh, maybe? I'd, I'd say Gurren Lagann, to me, the the hype of it feels a lot more controlled, where it's like... It's very relegated to to certain, like, big moments. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kill la Kill, to me, like... Like I said, it comes out guns blazing. Yeah, kind of with I don't okay. So scenes. for like Dead Leaves, I don't think it's necessarily like Dead Leaves is a very bombast kind of show, but it's pretty constrained as far as like its style, right? Because like it's it it achieves its like over the topness through like it's you know just kind of crazy visuals of animation, but it's not like experimenting with that animation really. Like you don't have mm. like a tweening or something that like, I see a what you mean. Kind of, kind of like, uh, yeah, where it kind of like varies that style up, right? Like I would when when you say like it's closer to Kill a Kill, I would I'm thinking of like that, and I'm okay. like I don't know. I kind of see more like it being kind of closer to Gurren Lagann. Like obviously, Dead Leaves is much like it leans much more st- into. Imaishi's style than yeah. Gurren Lagann does. Gurren Lagann, like as I said, Gurren Lagann, like production wise, like as a style, is very much of its time, like kind of more. You also have to keep it in mind that Gurren Lagann is is Gynax, Kill Kill is Trigger, right? Deadly was uh, IG, so. But yeah. what what I think of like with Kill Kill that I really like appreciate is like the shot composition and like. Mm-hmm background work is really really good absolutely there was very few moments in Gurren Lagann that stood out to me background wise um like it did like uh, very much consistently in Kill Kill yeah like I don't necessarily the background art itself right right um I don't also, necessarily think that translates to it being a better show or anything. No, I mean, I mean, but, I would say Cyberpunk has better backgrounds than either of those. Uh, also, I I can't help but ask, why were people losing their mind at the at the clip art gags? Because they were like, so the the mental like the prevailing thought was like, oh, they ran out of budget. This is just like it looks yada, really yada, cheap. Yada, yeah. Yeah, people are stupid. It's a matter of just a matter of expectations, really. Yeah, uh, not a fan like you're of watching. Huh? Well, you're watching like the newest Amaishi, the guy behind Gurren Lagann and Dead Leaves, and then they well, just I mean, do Penny like a really cheap. Also had like animatism gags as well. Yeah, yeah, they do a gag where it's like not really like it's the character animation isn't there. It's not moving. Well, it is moving. The character uh, drawing it's is not. It just, I guess it just like takes them out of it or it did take them out of it because they just weren't expecting it. And then like, since it stands out to them, they don't, they're not necessarily taking the moment to like appreciate what it's doing. It's just like that moment of jarringness that takes them out of it. They're just like, ugh. Yeah, yeah they're I, not. Yeah. I think it's really interesting, actually, especially like how Rui moves, right? Mm. Where like, she's just like pure, She she's almost like a Paper Mario character at times. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she's like breaking like the um, like like they'll do like split screens and then she just reaches across the split screen. 
her like her arms pop off. Yeah, stuff like that's really cool. She almost had that paper animation we were talking about. Yeah, Miles like yeah. Voyager. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all. I mean, that's uh, obviously coming from stuff like Inferno Cop. Yeah, I do. I do think Kill Kill is like a nice like evolution of like Imaishi style. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would com- directly compare it to anything specific. You haven't seen Promare yet, have you? I have not. I've not seen Premier. You get friend Premier. Premier, Premier is like I don't know. I think it's like fairly different, fairly unique stylistically for a lot of his stuff. Even comparing it to I, Cyberpunk. I don't know what it is about movies. Like I just never get around to them. <laughs> no, like I, I wanted to I'm watch. The same way. I wanted to watch Expelled from Paradise like back in 2013, and I just never got around to it. I'll put that on. Same the with like Aura. I mean, I, I will say for what it's worth, this conversation reminded me actually a lot of what I liked about Kill La Kill, honestly. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a good show. I really like it. It is fun. It is a bit repetitive, though. Like, it does kind of return to the status quo at a point, which I can't criticize Kill La Kill for it without being a bit hypocritical, because I do that in Utena, too. No. <laughs> but... I mean, it is what it is. Your feelings are what they are. Just gotta. <laughs> I'm a hippie. You gotta, you I accept it. I just, I just put it out there. The real question, the real question, though: Ryuko's boobs or Satsuki's ass? I like Ryuko more, but I'm more of an ass guy. So this is a very mm. weird question. I see. It's a real yeah. dilemma for you. It's kind of a toss-up for both of them, honestly. Yeah. I also like Ryuko more because she has to find out who killed her dad. The <laughs> <laughs> fucking the lyrics of this fucking songs. Bloom and Kranz is really good though. Holy shit! Yeah, I know it was a, it was a joke uh, between us, like how like on the nose the lyrics are. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's almost like a musical or something like that's the big musical number where like Ryuko she's like singing I gotta find out. maybe maybe when they do a Kill a Kill on Broadway or something they can have like, Kill a big... Kill on Broadway yeah I, I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if it'll be an all ages performance though uh is there anything else you want to talk about we haven't talked yeah, about I, I wanted to talk about all right. Did any of y'all's watch Strike the Blood? I watched the first episode and it was not something I was interested in. So I because uh, I think it's interesting because the show the is actually a full adaptation because they've continued adapting the work in OVA format year yeah. and they finished it last year. That's such a fucking weird thing that like that went on. How many episodes did it end up being in total? Yeah, I have no idea. Because right, the the first show was twenty four, and then yeah. they just kept making more OVAs like over the years. Um, I mean, but you gotta respect the dedication to it that they would do that, even though I don't know how well it sold. Yeah, I also don't know what the, why no senpai this is our fight became a meme. <laughs> uh, I don't really have context for that one. Well, the, the, Strike the Bell also had that other gift that was a meme. Um... Where like the girl's on the ground and he's like whispering in her ear and she's like, your favorite anime is shit or whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot <laughs> that was from Strike the Blood. Uh, but the big reason I wanted to bring the Strike the Blood up is because uh, I don't know if any of y'all's played a Dengeki Bunko fighting climax. No, you know, I've no. heard of it. 
Uh, yeah, I got that for Christmas the year it came out. Hmm. Uh, and it was a very exciting game for me because I didn't know anything about Dengeki Bunko other than SAO and do da 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 back when I had played it. Yeah. And now it'll be exciting for me to go back now that I know <laughs> actually a good number of these uh, these uh, series. Hell yeah. Also, uh, I had said last stream, uh, last time we recorded that uh, that Red Data Girl was part of Kadokawa Bunsho's uh, 65th anniversary. It's not Bunsho, it's Bunko. I misread the kanji. I don't know how I'm going to edit that in, but I'll... I'll... <laughs> uh, or whatever the case. I'll figure now it out. Now saying Dengeki Bunko, it'll look kind of weird. Um, I, and I wasn't going to say Dengeki Bunsho and get it wrong twice, okay? So it's, yeah, it's Dengeki it's Bunko fine. Fighting Climax. For me, like, my favorite characters to play as, I, I just like any character with a sword. So, you know, I, Shauna, Taiga, Kirito, Asuna. Um, you're, you're, uh, you're the dark, or whatever, the... The black swordsman. Yeah, black no, swordsman I just guy. I just like sword characters in these kinds of games because I like swords. I also like uh, Kirino uh, from Ori Emo. She ha she has a really fun move set where she like you can do a combo where she just like throws a basketball in the hoop. It's <laughs> huh. like about... a very wacky move set. Did we talk about Golden Time? We talked about both Golden Times. Yeah. Okay. Uh. Did we talk about, I didn't really about say much about the the TV series Golden Time, but it's I don't fine. think we had much to talk about the TV series Golden Time. Yeah, uh, and more. Well, I just want to say I do I do really like tulpas. <laughs> uh, also, it was really weird in Golden Time that Nana from from the manga Nana was in it. Yeah. Why Why was she in it? Wait. The whole, wait. Really? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, she's in it. She's well, like a, a a supporting character in it. Actually, but the well, uh, was it? I forget. Kuro, Kuroki, not the Kuro, what the black haired Nana. I can't remember what her nickname is at the minute. You have Hachi and you have, uh, or was she just go by Nana? Yeah, I thought she just goes by Nana. I swear there was like a nickname she had. Anyway, she's in it. Yeah, she's just the, she's just the neighbor hmm. in Golden Time. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, what she also fuck? performs too. Yeah, it's just, it's just her. She's just chilling. But the but the whole thing with uh, Golden Time, that felt like a fever dream to me because it, it would have some of like the wackiest plot points. Like I get the Tulpa stuff, but they're like kidnapped by a cult yeah. early on. Oh, it's a romance like, written uh, by, you know, that one fucking loser that wrote that one shitty romance. Toradora, kill yourself. So. Kill yourself right now. And you're <laughs> I don't know, because like like Toradora had like a very clear structure to it. Uh, some of this, I think, I suspect was on the adaptation, but like uh, it felt a little all over the place by comparison. Um, there was there was some one part with the golden time that I remember kind of frustrating me because I felt like um, they kind of they kind of blamed uh, Bonri for like his trauma. At one point, Taliban, and I just felt like they were being kind of mean to him because they were like, "Oh, go after Coco, you know, do this." And it was like, ugh, I mean, he's going through his own episode here. Like, why are you friggin' yelling at him? Yeah, uh, Coco was fine, fun. I mean, you had like the shit of like her coming to his house to like cook him food, and she's just like reheating some shit she bought and like trying to trick him. <laughs> No, I actually didn't mind the the two main leads. Uh, the supporting cast I wasn't really into, honestly. 
I like Chinami okay. She's kind of cute. Mm. I don't I'm... know. Golden Time to me, there was also like the flashback with the um with the with the accident, right? That I remember just being kind of undercooked. The whole the whole plot element with like him being a ghost in his own life was kind of undercooked. Didn't really pay off. And well, and, well, know, he interacts with the ghost at the end of the show, and they become like best bros. Yeah, but it's just like I don't know. I didn't really explore the. I don't think it explored it all that well. It was like whatever. I, I do, I do like the part at the end where the the ghost Bonnery is talking to real Bonnery, and he's like, "Dude, you forgot this." And he's like, "Thanks, bro." That part's pretty Thanks, cool. Thanks, bro. Well, he didn't say that, but that that was the kind of the vibe that gave off to me. That's uh, probably how they translated it. That was how it was in the dub. Like, "Thanks, bro." Poseidon. There was a dub for Golden Time. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't follow any of that stuff I mean, anymore. I mean, so I actually don't know it dub, gets yeah. dubbed. Oh, there was a dub for Golden Time, huh? Yeah, I'm certain it was a fairly popular show. Oh, well, if you didn't I mean, say Poseidon, uh, King of the Brocian, the dub should just be burned in a house fire. I'm not a fan of creating lost media, but <laughs> I mean, nothing of value is lost. Some things must Poseidon. be lost to history. Uh, who are you, Jay Sherman? <laughs> uh. You want to talk about Shashin Khan? Yeah. yeah. What did What do you have to say about Shashin Khan that you you adequately prepared for us a week in advance? So, uh, we watched this in our like our weekly like group watch. I think it was like a randomizer group watch night, which tends to be notoriously shit. Um, this is like the last thing we watched, and I went in, you know basically no expectations didn't really know what the fuck it was about because this was randomly picked out for us and um yeah i really liked it it's yeah fucking fucking great um i like you know it's just like it well you know on the surface it's of course just like a nice sort of like little story about this uh girl growing up becoming a woman old woman and sort of like people, the people entering and exiting her life, and how that is sort of captured uh, by photograph. Uh, but then I think there is like an interesting element to that as well, where fundamentally what a photograph is, it is a, it's capturing a moment in time essentially. So that plays in really well with not only the character, the main character, the main girl getting older as the short film plays out, but also just. The, the way society is changing around her as the short film goes on. Um, so you just sort of have the, so I think it's a very interesting sort of narrative device to sort of have that based around photography and the development of photography through history and the sort of role it plays and not just technologically, but also socially. Um, Cause you know, uh, she of course like loses her husband and her son over the course of uh, World War II. Uh, and they're sort of then immortalized in uh, the photographs that are taken by the other principal character in the short film, uh, who is the photographer. And I don't know how fucking old the photographer is at the start of the movie, but he's alive by he, the end somehow. I think um, he's immortal. Oh, I see. Well, you also have like the interesting aspect where the photography studio itself 
um, after like the fire bombings. I don't know where this takes place. Is it in Kyoto? I don't, I don't remember. Know. I don't think they say. I don't. They might not say. <laughs> there's probably but... there's probably like landmarks and stuff that people would recognize. Yeah. Um. But after the city that it's in is leveled, it's like the only building left standing, which again is sort of plays into the almost like, um, immortality or lack of temporality uh, to photography because you have this old building, everything around it is destroyed, and then you have these new buildings being built up around it, but it's kind of just saying staying the same in time. Um, so it has all these sorts of, you know, interesting elements to it, uh, based around this idea of photography, uh, placed into the context of what I think is just a very cute story about a girl who doesn't smile in pictures. That was pretty cute. Yeah. No, I, uh, it's gorgeously it animated. Good. There's no words in it. Um, don't need subtitles. Don't need uh, subtitles. Nah, you do. There's still a lot of text on screen. You probably want to read. I guess. Yeah, I really like it. How long is it? It's less than 20 minutes? Go watch it. Yeah, hey, it's on YouTube. You um, I think that it's not subbed in English on YouTube. So like I said, you might, wanna, uh, you might want to... YouTube like, quality is also kind of... Eh, get an HD copy if you can. Yeah, you, you might want to get one with subs anyway just to read the, the text on screen. Because it does add yeah. like some additional context to what's going on. I think you can still follow what's going on from the visuals, but you miss yeah, a couple of so. things. Yeah, you probably like you probably went into it no expectations because you didn't look in at the director and see he did like Fantastic Children and Palm Nook, like uh, Tree yeah, of the, Palm. Yeah, I, I only watched it because the director. No, really. Well, this happened. This has happened with me a couple times. Uh, one with um a Japanese boy who draws, which yeah. that happened with you as well, Mumi, where we were we were just needing something to put on at the end of the night because we didn't want to watch. I think we didn't want to watch it. They were 11 because it was just too fucking long. It was like an hour and a half. And it was already 930. And we're like, fuck that. Yeah. So I just needed like something that was like less than 30 minutes to put on. And we just watched Japanese boy who draws. And that was fantastic. Uh, but it also happened to me with um, Spring and Chaos, where that was like a roulette thing and another server that got recommended to me. And I just needed to watch something in order to stay in the roulette. And uh, this is the shortest thing that was recommended to me. So I just put it on and it was also fantastic. And you're like, damn, why did I not watch this before? Why did I not watch why this earlier? Why did I put off this recommendation? What the fuck's wrong with me? <laughs> you know, the, fu- the other funny thing, I don't think I've seen any other of those roulette recommendations. And it's been like over a year now. I'm really behind. Imagine how many other Spring of Chaoses there could be in those recommendations. And you just keep pushing them off i just keep putting them off because i'm a fucking idiot yeah (laughs) um that just means you know more exciting stuff to get through at some point oh did y'all watch uh pokemon the origin the orgy no was that a was that a movie or was that a a, a, a short series it was like a four episode special yeah Okay, I've I've not seen that. I've seen like other Pokemon uh, like special series like that, and they they tend to be pretty solid. Well, it's basically just like an anime adaptation, like a bridged version of Pokemon Red and Blue. Um, and they kind of changed the ending a bit to tie it into to kind of hype up uh Pokemon X and Y. Okay. Um, that was it. Was a really solid like it, like nostalgia trip essentially. 
Because like adapts. Most what a lot of that's what a lot of them tend to be. Well, it's like a straight up adaptation of the game. So there's like little references here and there. Like there's a whole reference to like the the lady in the Pokemon Tower who's like, oh, there's a hand on your shoulder or whatever. Or the she was in the Pokemon Center, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, oh, there's a hand on your shoulder. Like there's a reference to that. So there's like little things here and there that you can kind of like pick up on if you're familiar with the games. Uh, do they go behind Bill's house in the Pokemon the War Engine? They do not. Uh, uh. He does not. He does not throw Pikachu into the whirlpool and get Pika Blue. In ge- in general, yeah, just check out like the Pokemon anthology specials, uh, if you haven't. Yeah, the origin uh, was, the, uh, there's one airing like right fun, now, or it was airing a while back. I forget what uh, it was, but it had like a Gengar. It had like a like a ghost school. Oh, episode. you're talking about you're talking about the uh, the short. Um, it was like that, a web series, uh, I think. Yeah the um, the one that Gil and Jaden watched for. Their- yeah, 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 yeah. That one, yeah, that one's really good as well. Yeah. So I guess like, is there any other ones? Any other? Yeah. Uh, any of y'all's? Uh, do you want to uh, talk about? What, do you want to talk about the Hoseki no Kuni PV? Well, I haven't. I've, I've. I feel like I've watched it, but I don't remember it. Um, watch it right I, now. I watched it before the show it's was a announced. Minute and a half. Yeah, I didn't really think much of it, honestly. Well, it's well, interesting it's, because it. it's a it's an announcement PV for the anime, but it's all in two D. Um, and of course, few, if you've seen Hoseki no Kuni, it's we became CG. Hoseki or like gems. Um. Oh man, that goes too fast. I can't read it. Uh, no. How is you know, anyone supposed to read that fast? <laughs> it does look really good, though. It does. That doesn't say that. I, I also really love yeah. how Hoseki no Kuni, just the TV anime itself, looks, and the manga looks fantastic. Um, Close. really, this is more like faithful to the manga. Oh uh, well, technically. Because it's Shinshia. 2D. Well, it's, it's more like expressive in that same way as the manga. Uh, to an extent, it doesn't have the like framing of the manga really. Yeah, it's 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 not like it's perfect. Yeah, the manga but, also suffers from an, a bit from uh, struggling to tell like characters apart sometimes. <laughs> it's good that they're color coded in the anime. God, I hope we get a season two someday. Nope. I really did like Hoseki no Kuni. I, have you read any of the manga? Uh, I have not. I I really, I really love where people talk about how it gets like all fucked up and, and horrific and shit. And it's just kind of missells the joy of so much that happens after where the anime ends. And there are like, you know, you know, dark things as well like in the first season of the anime but people right. only seem to latch on and focus on that and it's like i even where the even without spoiling anything even where the story is at now which is fucking bizarro land uh it still has like a very it still has like a charm to it a sort of positivity that i really like it is definitely like an interesting like the preview of it, this is like interesting to like compare to what we got. Yeah. Cause like, like what could have been, well, cause it's interesting because yeah. from what I understand, uh, studio orange was kind of always meant to be, 
a, a predominantly 3D CG studio. So it's interesting that this announcement PV, uh, which came out, keep in mind, four years before the anime itself, the TV anime was released, um, is in 2D. Yeah. Mark that is completed. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, uh, is there any one, yeah, other ones we want to talk about? Yeah, Mumi, you wanted to talk about Gengitsune, right? Oh, Gengitsune. Uh, uh, did either of you watch uh, Saint Onisan? Yeah. Uh, I did not watch Saint Onisan. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about Saint Onisan, except that every time I bring up Buten Monogatari, people think I'm talking about Saint Onisan. There's, there's room for more than one Buddha anime, <laughs> is all I'm saying. I'll say Gingetsune makes me appreciate anime elf more. Hmm. <laughs> Elaborate. I will not. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know. It was just like it was fine. It was. I mean, I wouldn't. I didn't really like the show all that much. Uh, I find it kind of weird. But it's a very similar premise to uh, Adobe Elf, where you have, like, instead of the elves, they're just, like, burra furries living in different areas and shit. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, I really like that one girl in Gengitsune who's, like, all spunky, and she's she's in a relationship with, like, the delinquent-looking dude, and she, like, pushes him around a lot. She's really cool. Uh, what's her name? Uh, I think her name's Yumi. Yeah, the, the character cool. designs I are liked pretty her cute. Character. Yeah, can't except for the the wolf people. I'm not a Discord dev. <laughs> uh, well said. I mean, for me, with uh, Gengitsune kind of ended up a lot of my memory of it. Kind of, uh, it it released at a bit of an unfortunate time because a season later uh, was. Uh, a similar kind of show with uh with Inari Konkon Koi Iroha. Uh and honestly I think that show's much more interesting, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. Highly agree. <laughs> whereas uh whereas uh, Gengitsune doesn't like the conflicts are more uh, laid back, whereas uh Inari Konkon um kind of gets uh more dramatic in a bit of a bigger way and I think it it kind of gets you into the main character. Um, a lot more easily, but that's how I felt. Um, because I had watched them pretty close together, if I recall correctly. Uh, if not, then I'm wrong. But well, they did air like fall. I didn't watch winter. either of them when they aired. God damn it! God damn it! I watched them in like 2018 or something. I watched them fall and then winter. That was my experience. Um. Well, I think we covered basically. No, we haven't. There's still one more show I want to cover. Oh, what what's that show? No one, no one's thought to talk about Tessagure Bukatsumono, huh? Oh, that one, the CGI. Yeah, amazing, amazing series. Um, so the the history, right? So there's this studio called Bouncy, uh, and Yao Yao Yazuru is another one of them. Um, and they produce uh, shows made using the Miku Miku dance program in these short series. And 
they were essentially a improv series, right? Where there's there's the scripted segment, and then there's the the segment of the improv where the voice actors kind of just improvise, you know, the lines. Hence, improv, right? And so the premise of Tetsugure Bukatsumono is that they um, they formed this club, and they don't know what club to join. Um, so they just like come up with ideas for different new clubs, and every episode they kind of it kind of revolves around a different club that they that they're kind of coming up with like new ideas for, um, and so the whole show is kind of playing with the different like uh, tropes and commonalities you find in these kinds of series. The opening, for example, is actually just a literal opening. Like the lyrics just are explaining everything that's going on on screen <laughs> um so they're like oh the logo goes in with a duh the camera zooms in uh you know we're grasping we're running stuff like that um and the cast is uh, the cast has like all of their unique traits so there's there's yua who's like the club leader um there, there's hina who's the more calm uh, kind of character she acts she tries to act like more mature um aoi is like the spunky kind of character who loves to make puns and then koharu is like the first year the newbie that they take in and a lot of times they kind of just make fun of her <laughs> and so um there's a lot of funny moments in the show for example there's this one character, so those are usually, it's usually just those main four characters, but there's one other character that shows up uh, when they need, like, an extra, because at the end of the episodes, a lot of times, they, like, try to actually apply to real life their ideas in the gymnasium, where it's like, all right, we're going to do this club now. And so they invite Mobuko, who has, like, a bunch of, like, sisters who are, like, they're, like, whatever tuplets, like, a bunch of them. And so in the credits, right, so that character is voiced by Reina Ueda, and in the credits, they credit every single one of her siblings. <laughs> so it's like 12 credits of essentially the same character. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. It's stuff like, um, there's a, there was a clip that kind of went big on Nico video of like, uh, Don Chiki scene, where like they're making fun of the way, uh, Koharu like uh does like a drum noise mm. and there's like one of her going like don chiki don chiki don chiki for like five or six hours straight I think it just endlessly loops and so there were three seasons of this uh the first two seasons are like half length episodes right but the third season is a half hour and it's a collaboration with um like some random manga <laughs> uh that never got any kind of other anime the, the closest thing to an anime it's gotten is this collab with Tesugure Bukatsumono um and so the uh like the, the third season is um a bit polarizing I actually like it the most probably just because it's it's a half hour at Tesugure Bukatsumono and you know they do wacky stuff like they they play like Among Us and you know stuff like that it's pretty great wait what well, not really. It's it's. I think it's just like, like uh, what is it like the Rail Tracer game or something, or is it Rail Tracer? It's, it's game? a game like that, essentially. Um, the Rail Tracer. The Rail Tracer. But yeah, they uh, 
I, I think the best part of the show to me generally though is the improv stuff where the cast like tries really hard not to break character. But then they just start to lose it. There's a scene on YouTube, like Hina gets angry. That one is really good, where like Hina keeps trying to like make this pun. But like she they're just like misinterpreting it the entire time and she's getting like really frustrated. And you can hear like the a YouTube comment mentioned, like you can hear like the slamming on the table. It's 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 like listening to a podcast or something like that with animation. There's another episode where like they couldn't get the animation done on time, so they like play it up as a gag <laughs> that like some parts of the episode just aren't animated. <laughs> Is this is this the same studio that did uh that was it Murnari D- Diva? Uh, it might have been. You know that one um, that's like the live action. Well, it's not it's not live action. Sorry, it's like the first like live quote unquote live anime where they would like read tweets on screen if you tweet at them live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is it is the same studio. Um. Uh, and it, I believe it's the the same director as well. I don't know much about that one. Um, uh, Tessabu is there's a lot of these improv shows. I I think Tessabu is is kind of the strongest one. Like it has a lot of the funniest moments uh, of these that I've seen. Also, it's interesting because the the one of the studios, right, Yao Yodozu, um, uh, is also known for Kimono Friends and Tatsuki, the director of Kimono Friends and and Kemuri Kusa. Mm was the animation director on Tessugure Bukatsumono. Hmm. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, it, 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 all, uh, it all comes together in this big soup. So then what are your thoughts on GD, GD fairies? Oh, GDD, uh, Guda Guda fairies is awesome. Uh, I love that one, actually. That one's a lot of fun, too. Uh, that one is fun because, like, they'll, they'll, like, uh, be given, like, a clip of, like, some, like, wacky mixed media animation not media mix mixed media animation and they'll like dub over it and try to come up with like that show is just a trip because like Tessugure Bukatsumono the aesthetic of it is like this just like this weird school that feels like really empty and it's really just these characters and everyone else feels like just this dead NPC that's kind of programmed to act a certain way like the like the guy doesn't notice like you can confess your love to like any guy in the school and he'll just pretend to not hear it (laughs) (laughs) you know stuff like that whereas gd gd fairies gooda gooda fairies it's just like it's a world that's like it's like a bunch of things like come together that look like they shouldn't (laughs) i would say is the best way of putting it because it 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 looks like kind of like a fairy forest, um, kind of like Fairy Forest Five, which got like made fun of in 2017. But Guda Guda came before it. But like, you know, like you have the Mushroom Girl, and you have you know the the Fairy Girl, kind of like those that aesthetic. But it mixes it with like these CG models that sh- like shouldn't belong to the world they're attached to. So everything feels off in that sense. Whereas Tessa Gude, um, it feels like consistent with the the world feels consistent in a way but it also feels like really just empty and weird and off in like its own way and i really like that atmosphere to it um yeah it's a really good show also um did you ever talk about non-non-biori yeah we talked about that okay did we talk about that 
Really certain we did. Because that, that was one I didn't think we talked about, but... Maybe we didn't talk about Don Don Biori. Well, Try to remember if we did or not. I don't know if we did. Talk about it now. I can just edit it together. I think Nandan Biori, it's not quite my anime of the year. I guess Monogatari's second season. But it's it's pretty high up there for me. Um, that was kind of a surprise. Like, I wasn't expecting to like that one as much as I did. Hmm. Like, Silverlink didn't really have that much of a track record for me at the time. And then obviously they just came off of uh, Watamote, which didn't look yeah. great. Watamote and uh, Prism Ilya. So it was like, oh, I try it. I'll try it out. And then uh, oh, it ended up being really cute. And I was like, oh. And then like, I remember the gag. It was the gag with the uh, the uh, the Tanuki. <laughs> she like summons him and she's like, do a trick. And he just stands there. That that was like the part where I was like, okay, this is going to be a pretty good show. I get the feeling this would be a pretty good show. Um, and it was. It was. It was great. Like, it, I, having been, which I haven't spent a significant amount of time in, like, the Yanaka in Japan. Um, but, like, having been there. Uh, that, that means countryside. Yeah. Then the countryside of Japan. Translation Trans- note here. For you baka gaijin. <laughs> um... But yeah, I haven't, I haven't spent much time out in like the the actual true. I mean, I've been to more the more rural part, um, but I haven't spent a significant amount of time in like the just pure true Inaka where they like only have like a village of twenty people or something, you know. But from what like I've seen, like it captures it pretty well as far as like that kind of weird. Like, I, I kind of experience it here living in Texas, too, where it's like you kind of have that weird, like, contrast of, like, technology, but you're still out in the middle of, like, the country, in the middle of nowhere. But you have, like, cell phones, you have, like, access to, like, a big city, and you just, like, you know, it's a story, mm-hmm. but, like, it's still there. Like, it's like, oh, I went on the Shinkansen or whatever in the show. Um, I feel like the transit in Nanan Biori is actually better than the transit in most places in America. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, for context, like the the Inaka of Japan is still like probably not much further than the suburbs of like most areas of te- like of uh, the United States that kind of are bordering like the more rural parts. Um, because I mean you can still get around pretty pretty easily compared to like if you know if you live in the middle of you know hill country or something in texas you'd have to like hike (laughs) if you got stuck somewhere um but it does have like that weird kind of i don't know there's like this kind of unspoken thing with it because like a lot of the a lot of the naka in like japan have become kind of empty because so many like kids will move to like Tokyo um, or like these major, more major city centers to like get away from the country and be more like with, you know, the increasing technology and all that of like you get when you go to Tokyo or even like uh, Nagoya or, you know, Kyoto, whatever. Um, so they have 
kind of an issue of like people leaving. And it's not just like exclusive, like a Japanese thing. Like they do it, you know, a lot of places in the world where, you know, kids will don't really feel like they have a future in their hometown. And so they just move to a city. And so it's like kind of this weird, like loneliness to it in a way, or it kind of adds like this kind of somber melancholy where like, you just have like these few kids that are like just there in this empty kind of village because so many people have kind of like left. Um, obviously that's not something that's directly addressed in the show. It's not like they're like, Oh yeah, we're empty because you know, 20 families over the last five years just moved to Tokyo or something. Um, but like, that's just kind of like a thing kind of ever present with the countryside, especially in Japan. Cause it's not like Japan is like full of land. I mean, they've got a lot of land, but it's not like <laughs> you got a lot of people concentrated in Tokyo. So it's not like, yeah. they. I mean, they need the land still, but the fact that they've have so much, like they, they have these like pockets where like so many people, like so few people live and like this large, dip, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. People live like on like the flat areas around the coastline. And the instant you start getting into the mountains, it's like civilization kind of stops. Yeah. Um, it is a very interesting kind of like contrast that kind of kind of provides like a very unique atmosphere where like you kind of get like that kind of fun, cute, you know, um, down to earth kind of vibe of you know these kids just like enjoying nature in a way that you don't necessarily see all the time anymore. Um, but it's contrasted with like that kind of, you know, the fact that they are one of the few kids that are in this town. And even like you see it with Renge's sister, she's already going to school in Tokyo and that's just kind of like a everyday kind of occurrence going on there. Um, I think that those sort of things are kind of what elevates slice of life for me generally. Um, that's the kind of thing I think about while I'm watching slice of life, because like in the moment you're able to enjoy it, but like there's these things that are kind of happening beneath the surface that you can kind of pick up on or even just kind of ruminate on. Cause it is kind of a slower show. And so you're able to pick up on things and take things and kind of fill things out for yourself. Um, I'm doing that a lot this season with Edome Elf uh, to uh, date when this podcast <laughs> is being recorded and when it goes up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I like to enjoy like Slice of Life. So I got a lot out of uh, Nanan Biori. Uh, I, I just like uh, Hotarun's like unhealthy obsession with Komari. Fair. It, it is quite unhealthy. Uh, I think <laughs> that was was that in the most recent season, nonstop, where she like uh puts the doll on the freaking robot toy, and it just starts like moving all around town. Yes, and she has to like go find it. Yeah, that was in the most recent season. Yeah, everybody <laughs> everybody will bring up though with non non beauty the the one episode where right where. Uh, Renge makes a friend, right, and then the friend oh, yeah. moves away at the, the end of the episode. But no one mentions the payoff to that in in Vacation, right? Because in Vacation, she kind of pay Renge kind of pays it forward, right? 
you kind of well, you kind of get that again with uh, in the later season, like I think in season two, where like the other girl moves in, and she like becomes like her big sister, in a way, because she's a little bit younger than her. Or was that in season three? Uh, I think it was season two that was introduced. It is. It is an interesting thing about Nana Biori how like there's like a kind of a set point, like end point, in a way. Where like each season they make doesn't actually really go past a certain point. They just keep going back and filling in like plot points and dates and stuff that would have happened during the events of like the first season. But they didn't adapt. Like it's not like season two is a continuation of vacation. It's in the title repeat. Yeah. Repeat. And then nonstop. It just keeps repeating. Maybe (laughs) maybe they're in purgatory. (laughs) Well, it's I the th- endless think, every day at work. I think nonstop goes a bit further, doesn't it? It might go a little bit. Yeah, it might. It might reference stuff that happened after vacation. I just think that's an interesting kind of way. I don't. I don't know how many anime that kind of do that. I mean, there's a few. I mean, I guess like Hitamari sketch, right? Would come close. Where yeah, like... Hitamari sketch is similar to that. I can't think of another offhand though. That would be the main one I would think of. Yeah. But yeah, Don Don Biori didn't make my anime of the year for 2013, but it would make it for 2015. Hmm. Would it make your anime of the season for fall 2013? Uh, yes. Yeah, it would be my anime. Really? Of the season. Above Kill a Kill? Above wow. Kill a Kill, yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed Don Don Biori. Really? You, you put it above Miss Monica? It was, it was a tough, tough deliberation, but yes. Yeah. Oh, that's that's high uh, praise. I got well. Say. Um, since we talked about everything we've watched, is there anything that we haven't watched from 2013 that maybe we talked about that got you interested? You want to watch it, or that you've intended to watch and just never got around to it? Uh, is there anything like uh, from that from that year? We'll say. I like how you're saying that like you're about to follow it up with leave a comment below. <laughs> leave a comment below if you haven't seen <laughs> what we talked about and you want to watch it. Um, I mean, one day I hope to to not be scared enough, you know, to finish Kami Shiba. <laughs> uh, uh, Yami Shiba, excuse me. Because uh, I, I did find that first Theater episode a little too scary. Like, I, I know people find it funny and all, but I thought that first episode was genuinely pretty scary. Um, you know? So I would like to go back and rewatch Data Live. Obviously, finish Log Horizon. Excuse me. I got to check out Nun and Biori, Tamako Market, Maoyu. Uh Wind Rises, of course. That's already on the plan to watch. Yeah, you got quite a bit um, that you, you could. Yeah, you White Album too. Yeah. Uh, that that Buddha one you showed Samurai me was pretty Sam cool Flam. Yeah, yeah, burning Buddha man. Um, it might be too scary for you. Also, I gotta watch <laughs> Teen Mosey because Mumi was really shocked I haven't seen it yet. What? Unless you down, <laughs> I gotta watch it now. <laughs> well, I mean that's reason enough. Whenever people do that, it's like, oh no, man. Uh, well, I don't want to let anyone down, but it's. <laughs> Uh, servant service uh, for sure. Uh, I'll say uh, one that we didn't really. Mi- I've seen uh, the first OVA, 
but it had a, a sequel TV series that aired in 2013 would be uh, Tamayura. I do really want to watch those because they are generally held in pretty high regard for people that do watch it. It is, you know, a lot of the same staff as uh, Arya. Uh, it is here. Yeah. Uh, Tamayota is one of them who people who watch it are always like, you know, too many people get filtered by the fact that they, they're too scared to watch something like Tamayota. And I take that as a bit of a challenge, honestly. Wait, why, how are they scared to watch Tamayota? What? Well, it's it's just like so many people like plan to watch it and then like not watch it because they're just too scared to take on any Yashke show like that. <laughs> it's, I don't even know. Like, it's weird because it's not like I'm like afraid to. Uh, well, I, seen... I wasn't. I wasn't saying that you specifically. It's people who watch Tamayota have told me that, like, oh, you know, certain people they don't pick up Tamayota because they're a little too scared to to watch an Yashke show like that. I don't understand. Like, I don't even know where that's coming from. <laughs> Like, I, I feel like the people that are wanting to watch Tamayura probably have seen Yashike. That's probably why they want to watch it. I don't know if I've ever heard of like. I'm scared of being healed. I don't want to be. Well, yeah, they, they're like getting filtered, you know, this and that. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, it's it's the same thing when you have like a like a a long anime film or like any kind of long anime in general. It's not right? long though. Yeah, it's not that it's long, it's that it's like it starts with an OVA and you know, things like that. And it's kind of slow moving, so you know, they're a little scared. That's what I've been told anyway. It's like, oh, they think, you know, people are too scared to start up Tama Yuta. Oh, it seems like some kind of weird, like antagonistic thing. Like, oh, what are you afraid to watch? Tommy what are you? A <laughs> what are you, a fucking pussy? Come on. Come on. Um, I've seen I've seen the I first mean, OVA. And like I liked it all right, but like, you know, it's it's slow. So it was only like two episodes. So like it didn't hook me. And then like I ended up not getting around to watching the second season or the the first season, which was the second the sequel to the OVA, I guess. Oh, it's four episodes, sorry. This does kind of look like a horror anime, like one of those ones where it's like, it, it, it kind of like, you think it's going to be cute and then it's just like completely fucked up. They just start dying. It's like Higurashi, yeah. Turns uh, out, uh, it, it, uh, was it Peko? Is that what her name is? <laughs> She's a fucking serial killer. She's taking pictures of her victims before she murders them. You know what other show I wanted to check out was, uh, was Maji de Otaku na English Ribbon John, right? Uh, that was, that's kind of a famous one. Uh, by famous, I mean KYDB made a video on it, uh, where it's like <laughs> very it, famous. It teaches you otaku English. I have seen that. Did Did you learn more English from it? No. So I I oh. watched it because it was a magical girl show. And it was called Ribbon Chan, and so I was like, maybe this is somewhat tangentially related to Hebe Chan's ribbon. Because <laughs> it's a magical girl show named Ribbon Chan. I was I was very disappointed. <laughs> no, it was it was just like whatever. It was just a short. Or like, uh, it's it's kind of like Moetan was a similar thing too, where that also had like English lessons at the end of the episode. I remember with Moetan, uh, like there is a one line one uh. <laughs> like English sentence where it was like 
uh, this show doesn't won't make my English better at all or something like that. Um, um, Majestic Prince is another one I've been meaning to watch for fucking ever. Yeah, Sam. Uh, also Mushi Bogyo. Uh, just cause uh, I like the opening. Mushi. Oh, the uh, the glasses one. Uh, it's the one with the guy with the big sword. Mushi. Mushi Bugio. Oh. I was thinking of Mega Name. Whatever the fuck. I'd... Also, there's uh, there's Arata Kangatari, who it's from the author of uh, Fushigi Yugi and uh, Ayashi no Seres. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was always interested to see, like, what, what would be the 2010s, like, uh, logical next step of such like old shoujo stories although i think arata is a shonen manga um all right uh... also there is the show there is this short show that's i'm apparently told is not very good uh called uh Kodoshia, uh the hired gun and the reason I want to check that out is because Shabes would mention it all the freaking time back in the day. You'd always be like, oh yeah, you remember Kuroshia, the hired gun? No. <laughs> and like he would he would like freaking include that. He made like a like an anime music sporacle quiz because we were making like sporacle quizzes at the time. And he included the Kuroshia san one because he was like, no one's gonna remember Kuroshia san. I wonder if he's still. So, you know, that's a, that's another one where I take that as a challenge. I mean, you could literally it's, it's three three minutes long episodes. There's only ten of them. You could literally watch it in thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't like watching shorts too much because then people accuse me of bloating my list. Okay, I'm not uh, doing that. Fair. Rip. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. I have another Shabes story, actually, about uh, Arpeggio of Blue Steel, because uh, Shabes, uh, when we went to we went to Kinokuniya together, we met up. Uh, myself, Shabes, and uh, his friend Butzerad, I believe. Uh, I thought I was going an entirely we, different direction there for like a millisecond. Yeah. Yeah, so so we met up, and, and Shabes was like, oh, I thought you were a bit taller. And I was like, <laughs> no. And then, uh, <laughs> and then you know we were hanging out we we ate lunch there at the kino kunia and we overheard the track from from arpeggio blue steel and and shabes is like i really like this song <laughs> and that's the story that's the story <laughs> i'm clapping well i feel like that's a good note to end it on uh I do, I do. Oh yeah, what's what's your anime of the year for this? Fishington. If we talk about just series, it's Monogatari's second season. Just series, probably Kill la Kill. If we talk about movies as well, probably Kaguya's Pale Princess Kaguya. Yeah. Uh, for me... Uh, for talking TV series, it's every show I've spoken of highly here. Uh, you know, Jijebu, uh, uh, Ucho Ten, uh, C3Bu, uh, Tessabu, a lot of boos, uh, White Album 2, uh, Outbreak Company, uh, one of those, uh, pick whichever one you want. One of those was not like uh, the others. 
Well, whichever one. Pick pick whatever one sounds like uh, the one I would have as my favorite. And uh, there you go. That's my anime of the year. My anime of the year for movies is either... Uh, it's another one where it's just pick whatever one I thought highly of. So, like, uh, you know, I, I did like Aura a lot, but I don't know. I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared to revisit that one, you know. If you guys rewatch it, don't invite me, please. I'm going to watch <laughs> it for you. Oh, I think I, I already set up a group watch for that injustice, so... Oh, yeah. All right. D don't invite me, please. <laughs> I, I would like to be spared. <laughs> um, uh, Wind Rises, of course, I think is is of high quality. Uh, Kaguya is a good movie. I would not put it as my movie of the year, though. You know what's interesting about you doing the group watch for Aura is we're going to watch that probably long before this episode comes out. So you can put in the notes what we thought about it. Also, wait, you'd put Kaguya Hime over a uh, over a rebellion? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, Rebellion was like a fun movie. But like to me like like I said Kaguya I think kicks the... you in the dick with that ending. <laughs> well, so does it Rebellion. It's illegal to have an ending that sad with such happy music playing. Re rebellion doesn't really kick you in the dick so much as it just like grabs you by the dick with like bear claw and like <laughs> twists it rips it off and you're like so, what the fuck so, in other words it's it, between the two it's definitely a, a lot easier to accept yes no yeah um like i said i think uh you know the, the tv series just had like a perfect ending to me so it was kind of like unnecessary but like it was fun i had fun i liked it all right was looking forward to more oh. We'll we'll see how movie four maybe you know influences any further you know how the third movie is perceived. Um. So I do I do want to I do first end it off. I do want to say I'm going to like, kill myself. <laughs> no, I want to. What What did we think of 2013? Since this whole thing's just been a retrospective of the year, we got to have like a whole like broad stroke of like what we thought of the year. I think I'm looking over at my kitchen drawer. I think I'm going to take out a fork and shove it into the nearest socket. <laughs> okay. Look, this, this, this thing cannot end. Until <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's 2013 I, I'd forever. I, uh, I'd say I liked it more than, uh, I don't know, 2010, but I didn't like it as much as 2012 or 2014 uh, in terms of the, the titles that have come out. Um, in terms of like what was going on in my life at the time, I'd say 2013 is a friggin' horrible year, uh, and should be banished. That's uh kind of ominous. Damn. Uh, I think we talked about it a little bit in the anime of the year one, but 2013 was like, I think it's a good year, but it's not like a great year necessarily. Like I think 2011, 2012 were both really strong years. 2013 kind of dips. It didn't quite have like as many great shows as like the previous two years. And then it's sandwiched between 2012, 2011 and 2014. So it is kind of like the weakest of the four there for me. Uh, but it is, yeah, it is I much better. I think than like 2015, 2018, mm. I would put it about on par with 2015. I definitely would say it's better than 2018, though. 
Uh, I 20... I don't really have like a good way. I don't really think about stuff like this, so I don't really know how to like compare it. Honestly, well, uh, that's probably the better way to look at it. Honestly, if you look at it as like you know just on its own, like it has a good uh, based amount on of the stuff variety. I've seen, it's better than like I don't know. 2011 2012 2014 but i've not seen anything from like 2011 I haven't really seen that much from 2012 I haven't really seen anything i love from 2012 I have, uh, the only thing i really love from 2014 is ping pong and then 2015 has like death parade and pigtails so really up until so really up until 2016 2013 is a reigning champ fair you also haven't not so. haven't seen Mushishi season two, have you? No, I've not seen Mushishi season one. Twenty ten is pretty good year. Yeah, I I can tell you that if we did like one on twenty fourteen, we would probably be here for like eight hours. <laughs> Look forward to that. <laughs> Look forward to that next year. <laughs> Look forward to that. The thumbnails are going to be me hanging from a noose. 